Hello and welcome to episode 82 of NPS We Trust, the PlayStation podcast. My name's Davey and joining me, as always, is the fine wine himself, Mr. Philip Hoy. Daddy's home. Lovely to have you back, mate. Absolutely lovely to have you back. And to my right, the child prodigy himself, the wonder boy, Spencer Davis. Hello, mate. Hello, daddy. How are we doing, boys? Phil, mate, lovely to have you back. <laughs> it is lovely to have Phil back, isn't it? It really is. But, you know, when you bring in the boys, this is our end of year episode, after all. When you bring in the boys, you know, sometimes you need to reach across the ether, don't you? You need to connect with the other side, to the dark side of gaming. And you bring in Lewis, you bring in Potato Chief. So, welcome to the show, Lewis. Actually, for the amount of times you've been on, Lewis, this is the first time you're joining us for an entire episode. So, God help our audience here. Four of us going at it. It's going to be good. Team Xbox, let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Team Xbox in the house. This is exactly what we expected, wasn't it? The first thing that comes out of his mouth is about Team Xbox. Give it a break, Lewis. You've turned your green screen round to blue. We want a P from you. We don't want an X anymore. Exactly. It's true. I want to see some P. I want to see some P. No X's in my in my place. Listeners, we have got an amazing episode for you. It is our end of year episode. And with it being the festive season, news has been very, very short in supply. So we've got a shorter quick news section for you today. It might actually be quick for the first time ever. We're then going to move it into our top five games of 2023. And from that, we will crown a champion for 2023. It will join the likes of The Last of Us 2 and last year's winner in God of War Ragnarok. Who will be the champ? I, I'm not sure. I actually don't know this year. I think it's going to be a crazy old time. I think we're all going to come at it in very different ways. 2023, as we know, was an absolutely nuts time for gaming. It was one of the best years I think we've ever had in the whole medium. It was absolutely insane. So it'll be interesting when we get to that. But we got a long old road before then. We're going to go through the normal run of the show where we go for a random question that one of us brings to the table. We then move into what we've been playing, the quick news, end up at the topics. A winding river of PlayStation knowledge to dump on all of you today. You'll be drinking out of that fountain of knowledge for the next couple of hours at least. So I hope you enjoy this as you always do. Now guys, in terms of a question... I've got one today. I know I've been doing a lot of these questions lately. I think I've done this is my third on the bounce, I think. But this is a good one. And I think, audience, you're going to be sitting there and you're going to think, oh, I wouldn't want to be in this position. And guys, the position itself is, let's put you in a bit of a hypothetical. Imagine you're at a club. It's a busy night. It's rammed, actually. Turns out you really need a dump. You're desperate. Your belly's like... And you're like, oh, I can't. You're letting out little pops and you think the next one's going to, I'm going to shit. And so you run to the toilet, duck in there, trousers down, don't even check what's around. You just let him rip. And it's like one of those, like, it's, it's like a lava pit going off, right? Shotgun blast in the whole toilet bowl. And you think, oh, thank God. Oh, I feel so much better. Hopefully nobody heard me over the club music. Go to wipe your ass. No toilet roll. <clears throat> The bathroom is packed with people in this scenario. What do you do? Phil, I'm going to come across to you first as the oldest one, the, the one with the highest chance of having irritable bowel problems. What would you do in this position? 
Wow. Welcome back to the podcast indeed with that question. Jesus Christ. And let me first start off by saying, guys, well done on episode 81. It was spectacular. I listened to that episode and I'm proud of you boys. So well done. You did a great job. Did me proud, boys. Back to the matter at hand. Well, Davey, you know me. We've been away to a few festivals now. And how many shits have I ever taken at a festival? Yeah, it's pretty much zero, right? Pretty much zero. I, I, I can hold it in. And as you've said earlier in your nice introduction, I am getting a little bit older. So potentially this could happen in the future. But it's never happened to me up to now. So it's definitely a hypothetical for me. But I do remember, I think it was going around Twitter when it was called Twitter. There was something about like a girl, I think she shit on a date or something at someone's house and she put it in a bag and chucked it out the window. Do you remember this one? Is this all coming back to you guys? So I'd imagine I would try and do the same thing, but you've already also caveated the question with it came out like lava so i don't know if i could actually get a bag and scoop it out and try and you know alley-oop it out the window you know like i'm there chucking it for the three-pointer i'm going kobe and there's someone outside that window getting smacked in the head with a bag full of liquid shit oh so ugh, yeah there we go there's a horrible answer for a horrible question I, I'm I'm Kobe in it. If I could do that, if I had a if I had a plastic bag, and it was it was able to scoop up that lava shit, I would Kobe it straight out the window, and that's how, how I'd get rid of it. I think the thing is the shit's not really the problem. It's your runny pooey ass mm. that is yeah. the dilemma because you can't wipe your arsehole. Are you using the bag to wipe your arsehole? Well, this bag, where are you getting the bag from? This is what I was going to ask him. How many times do you bring a bag into a club? Like, and not just a bag, a, a plastic, an Asda bag, yeah. like an Asda bag, yeah. yeah. Oh, thank God I have this in my back pocket of my Armani jeans. Thank God I got these here. It's five p. It's five p. These bags, <laughs> mate. It's a bag for life, and they really mean it. It's a bag for life, and it saved my life. So wow. yeah, I'm wiping with the inside of the bag. So it, I make sure not to get any shit on my hands, and I'm twisting it back around, just scooping that poo out, and then Kobeing it for the fun of it. You see, it's a bag for life. Are you ever going to use it again after I'd that? I just leave the poo. <laughs> yeah, I'd leave the poo. <laughs> I'd leave the poo. <laughs> Probably not, Lewis. Just Probably flush not. it. But um, you know. Yeah, I mean, is the flesh broken the in this scenario? Yeah. <laughs> I've always just talked about how to shit your asshole. Yeah. He, he just decided he wants to just antagonize someone for the pain that he's been through. So not only has he had a lava poo, you know, where it's been spluttering out there like chitty chitty bang bang, he's then throwing that at someone. So someone, and, it, you know, there's probably a bit of weight, they're probably a bit of heft, you know, like with a log, probably not going to weigh that much. But if you, he's literally filling up the bag full of the toilet water as well. So probably quite a bit of a hefty weight in there. <laughs> Issue is, those Asda bags got them four little holes at the bottom, don't they? Oh, so it's going to be spilling out. It's going to be, yeah. Oh, no. And it would be, and it's a runny poo. So yeah. they'd be coming straight out of that. Yeah, on your new Air Force Ones. It'd be like a strainer. You'd yeah. be like straining it out of the bottom. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think this one, oh, this one's ropes. Um, and not the ropes in the poo form. Lewis, what about yourself? What would you do in this situation? You find yourself in the toilet and, uh, and yeah, you, you've got to do something here. So the toilet works if you know, can flush it. So I'm not going to throw the poo yes, at yes. someone out like, the hole. Yeah. So you, and no, you said nah. the, the club's rammed, right? 
You said the club is round. Because if, yeah, if the toilet is, there's like groups of blokes in in the toilet. So I was gonna say, if there was no one in the bathroom, I would have like snuck out, like waddled to the, like the sink or something, like just you know water or whatever. But obviously, if there's people in there, then fuck, I don't know. Uh, use my boxes or something. Lucky I don't go commando or anything. Use my boxes and then just like shove them behind the cistern or something, <laughs> and then just go commando afterwards. Then for the rest of the night, I guess. That'd probably be my best bet. The minute you open that door, though, there's a lucky, lucky man in there, isn't there? And you've got Tri round your ankles, and he's saying, no spray, no lay. I think the thing yeah. about it is, at that point, Lewis's B-Day approach, using the sink, right? Even though it's embarrassing, and even if it was full of people, I think it's not a bad idea. Because you could, you want, like, sure, it's embarrassing. It's the most hygienic option, I think. They, they would kick off. Though, yeah, they? like I, I would kick off if I saw one saw, saw someone washing their ass, shitty ass in the sink that I would wash my hands in, I'd be going mental, right? I'd be going. This is why no one has sick. to be around. <laughs> if there's yeah, no one yeah. around, I'd do yeah. that. If there's if there's someone in there, I'm like, well, fuck, I guess I'm gonna use my boxes. Or if I was like rich or something, I could just use a twenty pound note or something. I don't fucking know, but I'd rather not. <laughs> 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 it's like the biggest lad play though isn't it to like walk out kind of be proud of it and then just lower your ass into the sink while everybody around you just watches you and you turn to them and went see the football last night mate what are they gonna say they've got they've got nothing they've got nothing have they if you just go out and you own it lewis yeah you could probably get away with what's it what's up lads what's up <laughs> check this out <laughs> Put the tap Jesus. on, yeah. Run DMC in the toilet now, is there? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that one, Lewis. I like that one a lot. I think that's a great idea. You know, putting it behind the system as well, you're concealing the evidence as well, which I, I think goes a long way. Because you know, those boxes ain't going to flush. No. Or you could, no or you know, you have your skin no. marked, covered boxes and just throw them in someone's face because that's what Phil wants to do, I, I, I think. You could combine Phil's answer into that as well. You could also scoop it up into the boxes afterwards if you wanted to, like an absolute madman. But yeah, I think that's a sensible approach to this. I appreciate that one. Much better answer than Phil's. What about yourself, Spence? How would you get out of this situation with some form of dignity? Sure. So I actually have diagnosed IBS, for one. So I'm probably the most likely to be in this situation. Okay. And my first thought was actually the same as Lewis's, where I would just use my boxers, give it a wipe, chuck them in the bin on the way out or something and go commando. But tell you what, I've not really ran into that many ruffians on a night out. I have faith in humanity. I think I'd just sit there and be, oh, does anyone have any toilet paper? And that's it. And if they don't, I'd be like, ah, fuck, boxes it is. But I'd just be like, can someone chuck me toilet paper or something? People might just help. Uh, and if they don't, then you'd let, you're no more embarrassed than you would be having to walk out with shitty pants. you got more faith in humanity than I do. I, I, was, I was telling this podcast, uh, I was telling this before, before the podcast, but when I, went, when I first went out clubbing, I remember seeing a group of lads that someone was taking a dump in the club. Nobody ever takes a poo in the club. If you do, it's weird, right? It is weird. I know you've done it, but... It's weird. No one does. You have a poop before you go out. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, what what is wrong with you? Just sort yourself out beforehand. Anywho, guy was taking a poo, and all these other lads 
just climbed up on the toilet next door and just scaled the top of the cubicle and were just pouring drinks on him and shouting abuse. And someone, I think, even went down and like, started slapping the top of his head. That's mad. It was, it was wild. And that, at that point, I was like 18, and that was like a life-changing experience. You know, like, when people get bullied, they take it two ways, don't they? They either realize the bully and think, oh, maybe they got a point here. Maybe I should have a wash, or maybe I should do this. Or they double down, I was right? Say, that's the rare one for y- this one. Yeah, or they double down on it, and they're like, this is me now. You know, like it or lump it. I took that as a learning experience. Like, I will never go out needing a poo, ever in my life. Because I do not want to be that guy. I don't want to be sitting there. Isn't that the in-between there And you need poo. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's not the, the first episode of the in-between is. But no, he's like a briefcase wanker, isn't he? Yeah, this briefcase when in the toilet. He takes it to a... Um, thing. Oh, yeah. Yes, he's right. He? Yeah, he's yeah, he right. sat that in the toilet cubicle. They all jump in. And they all call him a briefcase wanker and stuff. Oh, there you go. He has a briefcase. Yeah. Oh, well, there, so you there you go. Don't, put, don't poo in a club or in a school. There you go. That's the that's the big example. I poo in school all the time. You're all just scared to poo, man. It's fine. Everyone poos. Do you not get taught this? Didn't Spencer? Kid? Didn't Spencer? Everybody poo poos. Yeah. In, in your school, I remember yeah, that. We we found that out, didn't we? Because we were super sleuths, weren't we, Davy? We did. And we went through and we got Spencer to admit it on one of the previous shows that he took a shit. Um, while while on break, everyone else was in lessons, and he just went out, laid a turd out, and went back to lesson as if nothing happened. Wrote his name on the wall. Com- convicted, convicted. Didn't we, didn't we say he wrote his name in the wall in Peru as well? I think I'm sure that he left some kind of evidence there as well that it was him. Well, I never got caught, so I don't think I'd do that. Um. Not that it was me. <laughs> <laughs> savage, absolutely savage. Well, faith in humanity. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think for me. The most logical step for this is, have you guys seen the movie True Lies? No. So in that, right, Jamie Lee Curtis, she's like a normal woman, right? Like just a mother, whatever. She's got to go and do this thing where she's got to seduce this guy. She's got to act like a prostitute. Mm. She ends up in this big frilly dress, right? And then she looks in the mirror and she thinks, that ain't sexy enough. And she just starts ripping the dress. Nice. And like exposing her boobs and stuff like that. Yeah. If I was in there, I'm thinking normally, especially this time of year, I've normally got some kind of oh. jumper on. I got like a t-shirt, shirt, something like that. Start ripping some fabric. So say, for example, I've got sleeves, rip the sleeves off. You then got like one of those, like, like you kind of, especially if you're a little bit buff, you could probably pull it off a little bit yeah, more. I yeah. don't think I could. But then you look a little bit like a ruffian, like a bit of a, oh, he's a bit, a bit edgy. Especially yeah. with a rock club, you'd oh, fit yeah. right in. Especially like you know, rip this the denim a... sleeve off, wipe your ass with that. Denim, <laughs> wipe your ass with denim. <laughs> you have a load of shit all around your <laughs> legs. You've got yeah. more issues after that. <laughs> oh, what if the button on the end gets caught in your? <laughs> oh, okay, it's caught in your oh, ass. That'd be a proper oh, pooper oh. scooper. <laughs> It'd scoop your asshole out of your asshole. I had another thought about my bidet idea. Is that if you can remove oh. the top of the cistern? Where it's full of water yeah. at the top, where it's cleanish water, you could use that and use that on your ass. So that so you don't even have to get out of the That's cubicle. Ju- so then you're you're wiping your ass with your hand at that point. 
So you're you're literally not even yeah. putting anything in front of it. You're wiping your ass with your hand and putting well, your shitty for, hand in the in the in well, the Well, at that point, I would even I wouldn't even care. I would just use it's the same water. I just use the toilet water. It'd flush so that it's just water there, and it's runny anyway. It's not going to stay there or anything. That would be gone. And then you may as well just use the toilet water and start wiping your ass. The issue is you got a wet ass, and that's it really. Rather than a pooey one, you've got a wet ass. Yeah, that, that's that's a good idea actually. To be fair, the 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 grim thing. You just thing... have to uh, shake it dry, wouldn't you? Just in the cubicle, just shaking your ass until twerking. it you know, no, dries off No, you do it on the bit. dance floor. Just You're twerking to himself. So when, so when the lads peek over and they're like, what is Spencer doing in that cubicle? And you're there like this, just shaking your ass. <laughs> it's less like, weird, oh, I suppose. down. He's, he's in. So... It's a tune. It's a tune. Choo, 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 tune. I think the only issue with that one, right, is that physically... like. There's nothing worse, right, than when you're wiping your ass and your finger goes through the toilet roll. It's like the worst feeling in the world. For and you're you? like, oh, oh. For me, it's a bit of a, oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's staying in the show. Clip it. Someone clip it. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Should we move this on? Jeez. <laughs> 20 minutes talking about shitty asses. Right, let's... let's... <laughs> Overall, loads of different ways. If you found yourself in this situation, listeners, plenty of ways here to get out of it. Choose whichever one makes the most sense for yourself. What I'd recommend, what I'd avoid doing is throwing your poo out the window when there's no need to. But apart from that, <laughs> I think I think you're pretty golden here. Let's move it on, guys, to what we've been playing. This time on NPS We Trust, what have the boys been playing? So guys, it's been two weeks since the last podcast episode, and I'm desperate to know what you've been up to in that time. Lewis, as our special guest for this episode, I'm going to pass it over to you. What have you been playing over the past couple of weeks? Uh, thanks for having me on again. Um, so yeah, what I've been playing this week, uh, these last couple of weeks, is essentially, you know, the Game Awards have just gone, just come and gone. They had eight games for Game of the Year. I have I played six of those eight games, and I just thought, right, I've got to get the last two on my list. And I need to get them done before the end of the year. So when we do our game of the year list, I've played all the like potential nominees for game of the year. So the two games I've been playing the last few weeks are Alan Wake 2, which is I've not got far in, to be fair. I'm, I'm, I'm a pussy, so I haven't really got that far at all. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Baldur's Gate 3, the game of the generation, game of the year, the one that stole all the game awards. And completely crushed it. So yeah, those are the, the games I've been playing. Uh, have anyone been playing Baldur's Gate Three, or am I, the, am I all alone? Uh, I'll tell you what. I've played a little bit of Baldur's Gate Three. I've not played much. I've probably watched more than I've played. But I've played maybe about three hours uh, over at my partner's house because she has the game. She loves it. But I haven't gotten too far. But obviously, everyone's experience with this game is different. So for me, I binned off the handsome vampire man that every girl is frothing over because i was like these are my girls you get the fuck away yeah i was like i'm trying to pipe shadow heart you fuck off (laughs) shadow Shadow heart's leng but i was like get the fuck away and then i just went to a goblin camp tried to bang them they weren't really having it they weren't that keen fair enough uh i gave up then i just wanted to bang them i couldn't so i was like i'll just play something else go on duolingo (laughs) But yeah, that's my experience of Baldur's Gate through me. How have you been finding it? How like what kind of stuff have you done in the game? 
I really enjoyed it, to be honest. And I don't normally like these type of games. I'm not, like we've, I've said before on the podcast, I'm more of a science fiction person than a fantasy person. I prefer like Star Wars over Lord of the Rings and all this stuff. I'm not super into fantasy. And I'm not really into D&D that much either, but I, I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Shadowheart was the one I was originally going for. And then I found Karlak. And I just find her hilarious. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to try and fuck this devil chick. Why not? <laughs> but she's like, like you get close to her and she's like, I'm going to burn you alive. I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Let's go. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's badass. So I got Karlak, Shadowheart. And then I, Gail's like my like bro. He's like like the, the lad. He's just me and the lad, Gail, just chilling out. And that's my, like, my party of four. Um, and I've just ignored everyone else. <laughs> like just... Like, there's this character called Will who's just fucking lame. It's like, Will, fuck off. Like, whenever I see Will, I'm just like, fuck off, Will. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's a fun game. It's it's not normally the kind of game I would play, but I'm actually really enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, I can see why it's won so many bloody awards. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, um, I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm a bit annoyed at myself to have played as much Island Wake as I, I should have. Because I know you guys love your survival horror on here. And you love the like the series that we cannot talk about that can't be named, and like Alan Wake is like some other horror as well. And I've not played enough of it really to judge it. So um, I think you were playing it the other last week, weren't you, Spencer? So I'm sure you'll maybe talk about that in a bit. But I've I got for, like to the first end of the first chapter, and it's just like this. You've got to keep going back and forth to story like um. Like you know, like detective boards where they're so not like the red string connected. Management. Yeah, piss me off. That's so annoying. Yeah, it's so boring. It's like, what the fuck have I got to do? I'm just like here, like click, click, click. Oh, there I go. We connect to this one. I'm just like, can I just go around like killing zombie? Well, people with flashlights now. Like, what the fuck? I know this game is supposed to be really good. Just I think the intro is a bit obtuse. I feel like they need a bit better. Uh, tutorializing for the intro because the the mind palace stuff just pissed me off <laughs> to be honest but i know it's a good game i need to get further into it because i've seen some really good stuff for it like later on so yeah but i'm a pussy so i'm scared of everything i'm like no i'm not playing anymore <laughs> uh, but yeah that's all i've been playing so uh Baldur's gate and alan wake 2 I've got a quick question for you, uh, Lewis. Just going back to the Baldur's Gate. Um, how many hours have you put into this game? Because uh, on, on the previous podcast that I was on, I think episode 80, we were discussing about how much of a game you need to play to be able to um, pose kind of a, a viewpoint on a game. And we were kind of like indifferent to our answer. We kind of settled somewhere in the middle. You don't have to complete the game 100% to have a, have, a, have a personal view on the game. And also I've heard a lot of criticism going around about Baldur's Gate and the amount of bugs that people are um, encountering throughout the game. Um, have you have you encountered any? Because we've got a bit of a theme tune that we'd love to play if you have um, come across <laughs> any bugs during your time in Baldur's Gate 3. Because I haven't heard that one in a while. I love the theme tune. I have had a couple of bugs, but nothing like comical. Just like uh, the the game just crashes randomly when I'm in like a certain points, which is a bit unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, and there's a lot of games this year that have been slagged off for being buggy, and like I feel like Baldur's Gate's kind of gone away with a lot of it because it is quite buggy at times. But I'm still enjoying it. Um, I'm only on Act 
Uh, oh, hello, dog. <laughs> Dogs decided to wake up. Hello. Um, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in Act Two of uh, Baldur's Gate at the moment. So I've just I just finished Act One, which is what you said about the Goblin Camp and all that. And now I'm in the depths. I think it's called. And uh, I'm like half. I'm like so about 30, 40 hours. I think I've been playing it pretty much since it came out on Xbox, wow. which is like the night of the Game Awards. So. About that's like the only game I've really been playing, apart from like the like two hours of Alan Wake I've also played. Uh, so like, yeah, I'm I'm really into it. I'm really enjoying it. And uh, a spoiler it might come up a bit later on in our uh, discussions. So uh, we'll uh, get to that later. That's definitely a huge chunk of the game, then, because I I've heard that it's it's around fifty eight sixty hours to complete the main storyline. But if you want to complete everything in the game, it's like hundred and fifty hours. So are you going down the track of doing everything within the game? Are you doing all the kind of side quests, all the mini games, all the everything that goes along with the game, or are you just sort of mainlining and just pushing through the main story? I'm doing neither really. I'm just kind of just go with the flow i'm just going like oh this area looks interesting i'll just go here i'll just go here like basically that's all i've been doing it's just like oh this looks like an interesting thing to do i'll i'll just piss this person off or talk to this person or <laughs> that's all i've not been mainlining it or just trying to complete it being all being completionist i've just been uh going off and on tangents and just finding like finding interesting things in the world uh so but i'm enjoying it a lot as i said um yeah, I've got my party and I'm not changing it for anyone now. They can, <laughs> so uh, it might be good to for a second. Uh, this I can see why this uh, people have been play, have multiple playthroughs of this game because there's so many companions and so many different ways of doing things. So I probably will have a new game plus with this one when I eventually finish it as well because it's it's a lot of fun and I'm enjoying it. And I'm a, I'm an orc called Erga. Uh, half orc, big green dude who looks exactly like me but just big and green. <laughs> Got the big beard and everything, <laughs> so uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, and I like to smash things, so that's my character. I'm not going to be subtle about it. <laughs> nice, mate. Nice. And I see what you I see what you're saying about Alan Wake too. The thing about it is you just got to persevere a little bit because you soon realize that case management system is so sick um i'm sure that we're going to be talking about it a lot uh, a little bit later on but i would say that from the point you are i remember feeling that way for the first hour or so i feel like oh i'm not too sure but then i quite like a bit of pardon the pun a bit of detective work when it comes to a system in yeah. terms of figuring it out and being like oh how does this work how what what's the purpose of this how does this impact gameplay and uh, and that all does become second nature very quick, and and without that tutorial at the start, I think that it would actually be pretty much impossible to be able to actually play this game because it's a huge section of it. But I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Speaking of Spence, let's come across to yourself and let's have a couple of games that you've been uh, playing recently. Sure. So I've had two games I've kind of been flirting with, so I'll mention those first. One just Bloodborne. Uh, I just booted it again the other day because okay. I was just I was sat down and I was like oh, I just I love Bloodborne mm -hmm. and I thought sod it I'm just gonna boot it so I just started a new run got all the way to um, Cleric Beast and killed it no deaths nice and I was like oh he's still got it baby easy ass boss getting his legs spam R2 yep. piece of piss and then I turned it off and I was like shit I'm hot at this game so I thought I'll play something else and I've been drinking a lot lately 
and when I'm hungover, usually I play a Resident Evil. I haven't been doing that lately because, as I said before in the past, GTA 6 got revealed and I was in the mood for playing GTA 5 uh, before then. So I've actually been playing GTA 5 and I'm probably about 10 hours into it. Oh, wow. Because I've been drinking like every day. So it, as soon as I'm hungover, I can't be asked to actually think. GTA is the perfect game for that. Mm -hmm. Just drive about, shoot some people. And the auto aim in that game is busted. You literally don't need to think to fight. Piece of piss. So I'm just doing quests in GTA, getting through it, mainlining the shit out of it. But it's really fun. Phenomenal game. Still looks beautiful to this day. I mean, Rockstar, the goats. Absolute goats. But it's GTA 5. There's not a single listener or anyone here that hasn't played that game to death and bought it 12 times. So I won't go on too much about that. So the other game is a game we joked about last episode. We did. We did. And my partner was over and we were looking for kind of multiplayer games to play. And there's, there's slim pickings, really, for local co-op. Yeah, Really, on extra and stuff. It is hard. And then I noticed Gigabash. Oh, Gigabash has local multiplayer. It's not co-op. Okay. It's literally, you're playing Smash. Oh, really? It's Super Smash Brothers. You pick a kaiju or like a giant mech. Okay. And you're just in a city or a field or a desert or like a volcano thing. You just fight each other. And slowly like lava will spread around the city, which is a hazard. There's kind of like Super Smash Balls you can pick up throughout, which gives you like massive powers. So your mech will grow 20 times bigger oh. or your kaiju will increase. And you have melee attacks, you have ranged attacks. You have uh, kind of like a final smash in Smash, so an ultimate attack. It's very bare bones. You have one melee attack, one ranged attack, and your ultimate. But it's quite fun. No way. <laughs> it's actually quite fun. I'm not going to lie to you. It's decent. It's it's bad. <laughs> it's a bad game. But for, for maybe an hour, it's a fun multiplayer game to play and a great game to play if you're pissed up. 100%. Is it like those games that used to be out on like PS2 all the time? I think it was a couple on PS3 where it's like War of the Monsters. Do you ever play those? Where it's like a city, it's kind of like you're in a cityscape, you could smash the city up, but there's two of you and you are fighting. Exactly that, yeah. It is just that. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah, it's just fun. Just dumb fun. Stupid fun. Sounds great. <laughs> I remember the Godzilla game on uh, GameCube was pretty similar to that. That was pretty fun back in the day. So, yeah, fucking love those type of games. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of games like Gigabash. There's like 1 in 50. There's so many of these. But this is just another new one. We got it for free. And it's just a fun little piss around. Fair enough. But that's it, really. Other than, you know, maybe what we'll talk about a bit later. Yeah. I well, don't want to talk too much now. Here it come out later. Yeah. Here it so I'll, I'll leave something for later. Okay. But well, as soon as it comes up, I'm going to talk. Okay. Ooh. All right. We'll save it till then. Phil, let's come across to you. You've been away. You've been enjoying the sunny locations of Florida on your holiday. I assume you've been playing some games since you've even been back or since you've been away. Please enlighten me. I'd love to hear about it. Well, Damien, thanks for asking. I have been playing a few games since I've been back, and I'd like to announce that I've just achieved my next Platinum, boys. I have Platinum Spider-Man 2. Woo! Ooh, that's a platinum. We all got the platinum for Spider-Man 2 then, I guess, right? All four of us. Yeah, all of us. All of us do. 
Team Platties, baby. Team Platties. Phil, mate, have you found the Platinum experience? Because obviously, I'm not sure how far you were into the game before. I think you were maybe like 40 or 60% through. So how was the rest of the game and that Platinum grind for you? Well, I was just going to say that once I dinged that Platinum, I didn't hear the natural PlayStation sound you hear within PlayStation 5 when you get a Platinum. I heard, ooh, that's a Platinum from the podcast. So that's how much you've influenced me, boys, on the podcast with the Platinum hype. You know, this is my 14th Platinum. I'm in the big numbers now. And I looked back throughout all my Platinums, and actually the vast majority of them do come from PS5. So this podcast is taking hold of me, and now... I've fallen down a rabbit hole and I'm hunting platinums, baby. 14. Woo! I wonder what's going to be 15. I'm pr I'm happy for you, mate. I'm happy for you. I'm not going to I'm not going to hype you up. 14 platinums is baby numbers. But well done on achieving the platinum anyway. Congratulations. I've got fi uh, 15 platinums uh, myself and I've oh, oh. a third of my oh. platinums. <laughs> And a third of my platinums are Spider-Man because I got the platinum for Miles Morales, the PS4, PS5, uh, Spider-Man One Remaster, and then Spider-Man Two. So literally, a third of my pl platinums are Spider-Man. <laughs> now I'm more than happy to take that argument, but I, I fear we would divert the podcast somewhat but what you've got to look at is the quality of platinums okay so i'm not talking your you know five hours your 10 hour platinums like these boys come in with week after week oh i've done my mayo one my name is mayo two my name is mayo three and they're racking up the numbers no if we're looking back on my 14 Platinums, we're talking Spider-Man 2, we're talking God of War, we're talking Death Stranding Director's Cut, and boy that was a big one, Forbidden West, Rifts Apart, we're talking big 85 hour experiences there, we're not talking about the baby games, alright? Um, but well done Lewis, 15, that is a big number, but ultimately you have proven my theory that Platinums don't mean shit. <laughs> if you've got more than me. <laughs> but anyway, I, I've got, I have got I have got a few things I'd like to say about Spider-Man. And boy, it was a spectacular experience. Now I don't want to go over all the pluses and minuses that you boys have gone over, but there was a few points that I'd like to address, mainly around the things sort of Davey was saying on a previous podcast, because you were slightly negative about this experience with Spider-Man 2. And unlike you, Davey, I quite enjoyed the story. I liked when Somniac took the storyline of Venom. Okay, I can give that away. He's in it. He was the in all, in all the media that came out over Twitter. That's no spoilers here. And I liked the changes that they made to Spider-Man and Venom along the way. And like my knowledge is really based in the 80s kind of cartoon series and a few comic books that I've read around that time. So from my limited knowledge of Spider-Man, because that world is absolutely huge and it's growing every second with that multiverse, I don't fully know everything that goes on with Venom. Now, for me, that was a new experience and I really liked where they took it, especially the ending. Now, whew, where they're going to take it in the future, I've got some thoughts on that as well. That 70-30 split that you made out to be so jarring actually really worked for me i quite enjoyed that they finished with that one character and then they introduced kind of venom at the end and he was the big bad but he was building and building a lot like they do within the mcu they kind of introduce a background character and he grows and he gets meaner and he gets meaner and then he takes over and it was exactly the same way with venom with this game and i know that was one of your negatives again um davy 
for this game. But it made sense to me that they pivoted and gave him kind of the ending, the big crescendo at the end. And I thought, you know, he was a great character to do it on because he's my favourite character within the Spider-Man universe. I like that pretty much everyone in that universe throughout the whole of Spider-Man's rogues gallery was at least mentioned within the game, especially within the Miles section. They they basically just name-dropped every single Spider-Man villain, and I was just, like, popping off at every moment. I absolutely enjoyed every second that came with that. And also, all the references throughout the game, they were out the waz. Ooh, Oh my God. And I'm not saying any more than this, but they said everything about all the different Spider-Man across all the different multiverses. Interesting, right? My only criticism though, I do don't think the game was actually that challenging. Now it was nothing compared to, I think it was the Spider-Man original, the OG game. If you remember back the Sable Outposts, now boy, those were challenging. Like I know I'm only playing on medium. I'm not one of these high skilled gamers that, you know, Davey Spencer, you always put things on the hardest difficulty, you like to flex that on me. But I play on medium as intended with games the first playthrough. And I found those stable outposts difficult, especially some of the end ones. I remember replaying them and replaying them and replaying them. Now with this game, combat was pretty much just mash all the buttons when it came to Spider-Man 2, especially when you got all the upgrades, you got all the abilities for the suit. And then you got all the different things that you could possibly do with said suit. It was just mash. Like, I don't think there was any skill in medium, but even the bosses, I, I really don't. I'd like to, I'd love to hear you sort of come back on that if, if you felt any differently to that. Now, I thought it felt fluid, meaningful, and it stayed true to what I know for the characters. So for me, I really, really enjoyed where they took the combat. And I know that is a criticism from you guys. And I've heard online that that's quite a big criticism from the community as well. Now, just to round things out, the ending, personally as well, I thought that was cool. And I cannot wait to see what they do with the final chapter. And I'll leave things there, boys. I've taken up enough of your time on Spider-Man 2. But thank you very much. That's Platinum number 14. Fair play, mate. Yeah, good shit. I do have a slight rebuttal with the combat being mostly mashing. And that is all, the only thing is, I agree with you. However, I've seen my girlfriend play Spider-Man 2. And I've seen her die and die and die and die and die because all she's doing is mashing and there has to be this this not a high level of skill but this kind of an entry point of skill i think because she got there eventually with me saying you don't use your gadgets you don't use your abilities she doesn't dodge if she thinks she's gonna get hit she jumps and swings away i'm like <laughs> fuck Whoa. me she's platinumed miles morales and spider-man I'm like, have you done this for both the other games? She's like, yeah. Her game time's like 80 hours compared to what it should be. <laughs> I'm like, no fucking wonder. The, I think it is an easy combat system, but there is an entry point in regards of skill. It's not just mindless mashing. It's kind of uh, intuitive mashing, I think. You can turn your brain off, but you have to at least know kind of what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that 100% because I, I've been in the game for a long time, right? These, these greys aren't put in purposely just for the look, right? I've been around PlayStation for a while and 
you you pick up certain things you know when there's an alert above your head that you should dodge right you know when they give you a new ability maybe throw it out in the fights and if you haven't spent that much time in the game you, you probably wouldn't understand those kind of video game i suppose there's just obvious mechanics i suppose right like it's, it's, it's like watching my mum play the game. If she was playing, I'd assume she'd be very similar to your girlfriend and, and not really understand that if something's flashing, oh, maybe I need to dodge away from that. Maybe that's an incoming, you know, attack or something like that. But um, for me, it, it just felt like I, I was mashing. But yes, you are right. There is a, a certain level to that that mash and, and maybe I, I, I achieved that. Now, Lewis, I've seen you wanted to get in on this chat and you have platinum this game. Did you feel like it was a mash? No, that, that's what I was going to say is that I really enjoyed this game. It's probably my favourite PlayStation game. But my issues with it weren't anything to do with the gameplay at all. It was more to do with the story, to be honest. Um, I mean, Mary Jane, the two words that she fucked Mary Jane. She's fucking awful in this game. I'm sorry. I can't stand her. She's just like, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not, I'm the most powerful bloody character in the entire game is fucking Mary Jane with a fucking taser. Just going around tasing everyone. It's like these super <laughs> intelligent <laughs> hunter guys who are supposed to be like the cleverest hunters in the bloody world. And she just sneaks behind her with a fucking taser. God, I can't stand it. It's, oh, it pisses me <laughs> off. It's so bad. I don't like, I guess a minor spoiler, you play three missions for my, with Mary Jane and you play one mission with a special character which you would want to play more char- more time with. Uh, I was like, why are we doing this Mary Jane shit again? It was crap in the first game and then they did it, it they doubled down on it in this one and then, oh, there's like other bits in it it just pissed me off. I can't, st- I just can't stand it. It pisses me off. Apart from that, love the game. <laughs> <laughs> apart from that, that, that that's that's my main cry i just hate those missions they f- fuck right off <laughs> there's not much to argue with there is there <laughs> so, so lewis so lewis just to break this down you didn't enjoy the third person uh, you know mary jane missions where she got a gun and no. and, and and did her best or a taser yeah. The most powerful taser in the fucking world, which can just take out anyone or any (laughs) supervillain or any (laughs) fucking taser. Everyone, (laughs) yeah, no, not 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 for me. (laughs) I was gonna say, to be fair, I agree with you. She is the most broken character in that game. She is, but she did train with Sable. You know, she did train with Sable, and if you, the only thing is. I actually really like those missions, even though it does. I mean, like the hunters aren't smart enough apparently to just go Ugh, when she gets close, which is outrageous. They just keep shooting, which is solid at close range, and they just get zapped. But if you compare the MJ missions in this game to the first game, leagues apart, so much more fun in this game. Even the one that is the second one that's really long, but they so much more fun than the first game. A massive improvement, and if they well, they're doing Spider-Man three. If they come back, which I don't think they will, to be fair. If they do, I imagine it getting better again. And a point where it's just, it's something to mix up the gameplay, which most PlayStation games don't do. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, d- I don't think the Mary Jane thing was the issue. I, I think when you were saying about the story, Lewis, that's always been my big contention with with Spidey 2. And, and I see what you're saying, Phil. Um, I, I'm very much the same as you. I mean, uh, I suppose I, I maybe a little bit more 
comic lore, but generally most of it's based around the 90s cartoon, right? That cartoon is just epic for a reason. There's a reason why it's so well regarded this many years on, right? It's just amazing. I don't know. I, I, I think for me, ultimately, if I had if I had my way, I would have liked to have seen it end on a cliffhanger, I think, and then have Venom go into the next. I think they could have done more with it. I think that the the parts that have the other character uh, for the 70%, I think is so much stronger. And I mean, this is personal opinion at the end of the day. And as you said, it's still a great game. You know, regardless, we're, we're, it's kind of, it reminds me a lot of Horizon, mate. The way that we were talking about that. In that we're like, straight up saying like, oh, I'm giving it a 9 out of 10, but here's a shitload of reasons why it's not the best it could be. Right? Because we care. And I suppose that's the thing. If it was like, like when we talk about Callisto, it's like, here's all the reasons why it's shit. And there's no redeeming factors. Whereas this, you're like, okay, well, it's a 9 or a 10 out of 10, but they could do this, or there is this improvement there. And that's because we care so much about it. Um, and, and I suppose that's that's the big differential that I've always tried to relate to the audience on this, is that even though I may be like a bit of a negative nanny on it, you know, and be like, oh, oh, what about this? What about this? Like nitpicking little bits and bobs. They are just little tiny bits in what is a stellar experience. Lewis, you look like you want to jump in here. Yeah, I just um, it's not just the Mary Jane missions that uh, annoy me about Mary Jane. Uh, it's also that here we go. Uh, <laughs> I, a little bit spoilers, I guess. Little tiny spoilers. Um, she jumps in the Ooh. way of Spider Man and gets hit full force by Venom's hit. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like he's fucking Spider Man. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then Spider Man can't get up from under a fucking fridge. Like what the fuck? <laughs> it's like makes no sense. It's fucking that one scene just really pissed me off. And then also the the mission where you have to well, I basically there's a mission where you play you fight against her and she just she keeps saying stuff like you didn't play the telephone bill, you didn't put the milk in the fridge. It's like shut up, fucking MJ. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's just fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair just to jump in before phil has his rebuttals here if i was living with somebody that wasn't bringing in the money and i was paying for it all and they were using the phone they were drinking all my fucking milk eating all my cereal i buy that reese's puff cereal for like three pound fifty a box and i come back and it's the crumbs at the bottom of the dust i'd be fuming let alone if I had something take over my personality to to make it even worse. What if the person was like, you know, actually like a superhero or something that were not just a bum of just sitting around the house doing nothing? <laughs> like, well, if they actually were doing something important with the. <laughs> Do you know what I'd throw out? I'd throw out Superman's able to keep down a steady job. He's able to be Superman and a journalist on the side. Why can't you, Peter? Why wow. can't you do it? Wow. Different calibers of superhero, man. <laughs> Different calibers. He could wipe out any threat like that. Spider-Man ain't saving the world, mate. Not the world. Soup's, no. He's, he's stopping a city-wide threat. He ain't saving the world. Kal-El's everywhere. And he's taking pictures and writing up a story. Yeah, but he can do it all instantly. And he, and he hits his deadlines, mate. Of course he does. He's Superman. He moves at super speed. Sorting out. Not my problem I married a bum, mate. Not my problem I married a bum. Anyway, Phil, chuck it back to you. Look like you've, uh, you're, you're frothing, frothing here to get involved. I think we've established over the whole of this last conversation, Lewis doesn't like Mary Jane. 
at all. I think you just need to dispend your disbelief a little bit when you play comic book games. I don't know if you've read many of the comic books or the MCU, but shit like this happens all the time that basically never gets explained. And you kind of just have to go, eh, it's just a comic book. It's just all right. Fair enough. Maybe this could happen in some world. It's the multiverse. So that's how they explain everything these days. So maybe the multiverse where Mary Jane is the secret powerful one and she can take hits from venom but maybe whatever we're just going off on one anyway just to come back on uh, what you said there davy about horizon and and the way we sort of criticize i suppose spider-man 2 horizon um yes it is because we care about these games and i suppose our expectations are you know touching the roof when it comes to these games we want them to be the best we want them to have that extra one percent that maybe they are missing and and you are right with with both of these games they are missing those those small little tweaks that that maybe for us personally would bring it to those 10 out of 10s um, i know i rated this game a 10 out of 10 but i think probably after completing it I'm, I'm going to settle with this game being a 9 out of 10 because of that criticism and it is exactly the same sort of um thing as uh, we spoke about on previous podcasts with horizon exactly the same thing for me well let's move away from the spider-man talk phil have you been playing anything else yes so i've been playing a little bit of armored core fires of rubicon um since i completed and platinum 14th platinum on spider-man 2 and the game has got really freaking hard and i'm thinking maybe this <laughs> this is where the kind of from soft-esque bosses start trickling into this game because jesus christ i'm getting my ass absolutely whooped within this game and i'm at that point now where i'm going away doing research on how to complete things so we've got to that level with armored core but i haven't quit and I am still enjoying this game, which actually brings me around to maybe a game that I haven't played yet, but I'm, I'm hearing a lot of hype at the end of the year, and it has been picked for a, a number of people's game of the year, and that's Lies of P. So possibly I know they have the uh, critically crushing bosses within that game, and I think Armored Core is going that way. Um, I've completed all the training missions within Armored Core. I understand how to pilot my, net, my mech. I've been introduced to the arena where you can buy implants, so I'm getting all the upgrades. I'm able to buy and customize my mech probably to the nth degree at the moment but because of those bosses have ramped up in difficulty level I'm having to play over and over the arena to be able to purchase all those additional weapons to finally tune my mech and that's actually where I get off with this game I really love being in the excel document working out oh I need this shield I need this gun to break his armor I need this weapon because he's weak at it because a lot like your FromSoft games, Bloodborne uh, specifically, if you go in with a certain build, a boss will be piss easy. If you go in with pretty much any other build, they're crushingly difficult. And I think I'm just hitting my head against the wall at the moment with that current boss within Armored Core. But I do want to uh, finish this game. I do want to spend some time and conquer this one um so i'll probably be talking about this one for a number of weeks because it takes me a long time to complete games as people know they saw my um, end of year stats uh, god of war still featured in it because i was still playing it at the uh, start of this year but uh, i think armored core is going to be there for a long time uh, hopefully it's a good time well done then mate I, th I think the big thing about it is is perseverance and the from soft journey is a journey it's not a it's not a slight jog it's a marathon and the thing about it is that you don't build up the skills that you need for FromSoft games or that just ability just to not quit and just to realize that every time you fail, there's some lesson there to be learned. Either it's a 
a, a new attack that you need to figure out a solution for or a perfect dodge or like you say a new build and that's always the beauty that comes with from soft games and uh, i was i remember when you were saying before about armor core and you were like i don't get why everyone's talking about this being so hard and i was thinking we'll see where this builds to We'll see. And so it's good to see that it's come around to traditional from soft behavior. But I am glad that you're sticking with it because ultimately perseverance is key. And that's all you need, mate, for this. So well done. Well done for that. So any final game that you've been playing then to round out your trio of games you're bringing to the table today? Yeah, one more that I wanted to give a quick bit of polish to um, was, was the game Convergence. So this was the game I took away with me. So this is basically fist if you remember but just with a league of legends skin on it and i've been playing it on my steam deck while, while i've been away uh, i tweeted out a few pictures of my hotel setup i set it up on the monitor i had one of the 8-bit do elite controllers and I, I was having a great time with it it was a nice little palette cleanser uh, to move away from kind of like these the big epic kind of triple a titles that i i tend to gravitate towards on the playstation just to come away and and, and just enjoy my time floating around with echo using some of his uh, moves that are you know, made famous through the League of Legends. It's all references out the wazoo, as you would imagine with uh, Convergence. But I, I, I do think this could be a game that, that maybe you will be interested in the future because it is a lot like Fist, Davey. And I know you're very fond of that game. Yeah, well, I love a Metroidvania. I absolutely adore Metroidvania, especially one that's you know heavily old school in its Metroidvania approach um, in the way that Fist was. So yeah, I, hell yeah. I mean, is this available everywhere? I believe so. I believe it's PlayStation. Um, you can get it on, uh, obviously, the PC. Um, Lewis, you're our export, Xbox uh, expert. Hard to say that word. Uh, I've not heard of this game, so maybe. <laughs> it's the first I've heard of it. So I do love a good Metroidvania, though. If it is on Xbox, I might check it out. Moving away from those games, great choices you guys are bringing to the table. i got a few to talk about. And the thing is, last couple of podcast episodes, I've always been in case of, oh, I've been doing content for YouTube, or I haven't been able to play much, or I've been seeing my girlfriend, oh, la, 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 la. whatever it is. Turns out I've manned the fuck up, and I've put time in. I said to my missus, look, I'm playing games. You can either join me or you can sit downstairs. That's the reality. Because I've got some things that came out in the Game Awards that I cannot say no to. The first of that is Final Fantasy XVI's brand new DLC, Echoes of the Fallen. I've played it through. It cost, I bought the season pass, um, which cost like 20 quid or whatever. Mm. Yeah, a bit pricey. And this was the first of two different expansions. So ah. this one is only about two and a half, three hours long. So not very long. The next one called Leviathan uh, is coming out in a couple of months' time. That's apparently the juicer. Right, it's called Leviathan. That's the big I'd one. I'd imagine so. Yeah, Leviathan's like rumoured throughout the entire story of the game, so it's going to be a big one. This was basically just a nice little way to come back into Final Fantasy sixteen. The DLC itself was okay. I wouldn't say it's good in any way, shape, or form. And the reason for that is because I went in there with my character that had completed the game twice through. Completely busted out the wazoo. Best weapons, best everything you could possibly get. Get in there, everything is falling to the same strategy I used from when I did my speed run to get the platinum on, my, on the hardest difficulty. Hit, hit, hit. Charge up your Odin special. Everything dies, right? And it's just, it's that. And I just did that for two and a half hours. The only saving grace for this 
The characters are sick. The characters that you always meet throughout this entire game, your main cast of characters, are so good to be back in the company with. And it felt like I'd been away from them for such a long time. And in reality, I'd only partnered this two months ago. Yeah. And it feels like as if I spent my year with them. And it was such a pleasure to be back with Clive and with the gang. Absolutely adored it. The second thing that's amazing about this game, scale and music. And both of them are present across this. There isn't like too much of the epic, epic Shonen-inspired action that takes place across all of FF16. But there's enough here in terms of spectacle and music especially that it just gets your hairs raising. And for that, it was fun, but nothing revolutionary. It makes me excited and, and glad that I purchased the, the DLC so I can get access to Leviathan later in the year. It was just a little reminder at this point to why I love FF16 and nothing more than that. I haven't played this game at all, but I was just going to ask, do you think you would have enjoyed this DLC more if you didn't have an OP broken character? If you just had like a stat, like a normal character or like you finished the game and then went straight into this? Do you think that would have made a difference? Maybe, maybe. The the combat, the combat of FF16 is is one of, not the main, but it is one of the, the main selling points for it. The combat is excellent, right? It really is. I suppose it could have done. If it had provided more of a challenge, I guess. Um, really, I think the thing it was missing was stakes. I think there was, there was a couple of things that was missing from it. The spectacle and stakes were missing, uh, which I think is going to be in Leviathan. And secondly, there's no kind of new forms. There's no like kind of new magics or new summons or new new abilities to learn. You're very much going in there with what you've used for the past. And in my case, like another 30 hours playing the game through again. So it, it was very much just a case of, oh, okay. Uh, and sure, you get some cool rewards at the end. You get some new weapons and things like that, which make my character even more powerful when I get into Leviathan. I'm I'm just not... I, I feel like, for me, I could have done with something new to spice it up a little bit. And that was missing. There was a new enemy type that was introduced, which put a new mechanic into it. But ultimately, when you've got... When you've got Odin special powered up, that, that new mechanic doesn't even matter anyway. Um, I haven't, as I said, I haven't played this game. Would you rec? Like, I know you like this game a lot. Would you recommend that I would get the game and the DLC, or just stick to the base game? Or because I, because it's quite quiet in January, I'm considering I might pick it up. Well, I think with the base game, you've got enough there to keep you busy, and I think that y your best bet would be just to buy. Unless you saw, I suppose there's a couple of caveats here. If you saw the game secondhand or on sale on its base form and it was a substantial price difference compared to like the the, the version that will come in a couple of months time which is like the ultimate edition with all the dlc included right if there was a big price disparity i'd say just go for the base game because you'll know probably within about three hours if this game's good if this game is going to be for you because spence and phil both played it for the trial period and they hated it so I think it's very much it's a Marmite in terms of you'll play it for those first couple of hours and you'll know. And if those first couple of hours stick and they really hit for you, you might as well get the DLC because you're in it for the long haul. You know, you're here for the next hundred hours. So you said the trial period. So there's a trial for this because I might actually just download the trial and see if I like it then because I haven't actually played that either. So Yeah, there's a demo on PS5 that you can download. Yeah, and, and that would take you through, I think, the first the first act of the game. So you see a large bit of spectacle and then you see all about Clive's backstory and it kind of ends 
and a really fucking super hype moment that the boys never made it to because they both checked out before that. I would say see the whole trial through, even if you're not enjoying it. And at the end of the trial, make you will know yourself. I finished that trial and I had a massive erection. And I knew that I'm in here for the rest of the game. But see how you go. You've got no monetary loss other than a time loss. I, I'd, re I'd recommend just doing that. I got two other things I want to talk about, guys. The first one is a game that I spoke about when it came onto PS Extra, I believe, a couple of months ago when I said I wanted to check it out. It's a game called Far Changing Tides. Now, this is a game that you can download right now on PS Extra if you want to. It's an indie game, and it's kind of a semi-sequel to a, a separate Far game, which is all based around the desert. What this is, is a vehicle management game where you are a little boy who's in charge of a ship. And with that ship, as you move throughout the adventure... You start off really small where you are in the ship and you raise the mast and it's all about controlling the wind. And it's all about diegetic design. So what I mean by that is that it doesn't have like any UI or HUD or anything like that. The mast has got like a bit of blue at the top. Mm. And as soon as you raise the sail into the blue, the rest of the sail comes out. And so it's all about the wind will then change direction. So you're moving it up. And it took me about five hours before I realized that blue was even there. Oh, I was oh. like, how does this work? Like, I can't figure this out. And the entire game works on that way, that kind of same way that we spoke about with Alan Wake in terms of that detective figuring out the systems. It works very much like that. It doesn't hold your hand. You're in there. You figure it out. You figure out the best way to run it. And by the end of the game, you'll be playing it so much different than how you started it. And it's all just because of your experience and what you've fucked up with and what you've realized and everything else. It's a game that is all about you moving from one location to another when you arrive at that location, you solve a puzzle, which will be based around the environment. It might be like moving cranes or moving a box or something like that. A on-the-face-of-it basic puzzle when you know the solution. When you don't know the solution, you're sat there for about half hour thinking, I fucking tried everything on this. And then you just have that, oh, fuck moment. And then you think, like, you're such an idiot at that point. It's one of those kind of games really charming lovely art style the music is incredible it's it's a journey like journey in that you kind of wrap it and you feel you feel emotional but you don't know why you feel emotional from it i loved it i absolutely adored it i finished it all the way through immediately started another playthrough so i could get the platinum which involved getting a speed run so completing it in 210 minutes and with that you just got to play perfect yeah and it's so fucking good and when you're going for your second run you, your ship is like high performance you know you you know everything and so you just nail it and it's just so much synergy I, I really recommend it i think if anybody's got a spare it took me nine hours to achieve the platinum on it if anyone's got you know first run took me six hours if you've got six hours spare and you think you want to have a palate cleanser game that is just an experience that you will you will take away from it. i'm thinking about it all the time i think about playing the original I would recommend it. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. 100% a recommendation from me. Anyone got any thoughts on Far Changing Tires before I move on to the final one? I think I'll say, I think I looked at it as well when it came on to Extra, and I kind of glanced at it, but didn't give it too much attention. And from what you're saying, that was probably a mistake. I think I probably will give it a go. I don't know too much about it other than what you've just said. But a nine-hour play, ugh, 
Mm. Sounds like a bit of me. So, I mean, I'll definitely check it out. I mean, it's January. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, hard. It's hard. But if I have to spare time, I'll probably try to check it out. Maybe put GTA 5 to the side for a bit. Because ultimately, that's just something I want to do before GTA 6, which is whenever. 2025. Yeah. Well, miles away. So maybe I'll check it out by then. Maybe this will be my new hangover game. Who knows? It's therapeutic. Maybe think, that's what I need when I'm hungover. Yeah. Bit of emotion. Bit it, of... Mm. It'll get you crying. I yeah. always start crying when I'm hangover. Yeah. I get really emotional. Yeah. I, if I watch like Goku and Super Saiyan, bro, I'm blubbing. <laughs> this will get you. This will get you 100%. But then, <laughs> let's talk it. Let's, <laughs> let's leave this with the final thing I've been playing. Spencer, you spoke about it loads on our Christmas episode. It is God of War Valhalla. The brand new DLC that released for God of War. Oh my fucking God. You weren't wrong, Spence. You spoke about it and you hyped me up, right? And I went in with high expectations, right? God of War is God of War Ragnarok's already my second favorite game of all time. Yep. Easy best game on of this generation, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. And I went in then thinking, how the fuck is this going to be what you're describing it as? Which was just like insanely good. Within about an hour, not only had I re-experienced how fucking good this combat system is, which it is cracked, is better than my mind remembers it being. And I rated this a 10 out of 10, one of the best games I've ever played in my life. The combat system is insanely good. It's so addictive. The story fucking fucks it is great the writing is incredible Mamiya's whole story learning more about the valkyries everything that comes alongside this and kratos's ultimate decision about what he's going to do for the fate of the realms is so fucking sick the thing for me right and the reason why this bangs so much is if you are a fan and listen i'm more talking to you if you are a fan of god of war in general I mean, talk, we're going back to PS1. P, well, it wasn't on PS1. No. We're going back to God of War 1 on PS2. We're going God of War 2, God of War 3 back on the PS3. Everything, even the PSP. Ascension. Ascension was PS3 as well. Was it? What yeah. was um... Chains of Olympus. That's the one. Uh, so we're going to the, the PSP ones. There was two games there. Ghost of Sparta, Chains of Olympus. Those are heavily referenced. It basically, what it does throughout the game is... Instead of Kratos, in the in Ragnarok, Kratos is talking very much about his adventures in Greece. Yeah. And it's one of the main things he's talking about, like how he fought the, the Hydra, how he fought Medusa, and all these different things, referencing all of what happened there. Whereas in God of War 2018, they're more talking about what happened for the backstory of the Norse mythology, right? This doubled down on that and takes it all the way back to those original moments, and you're finding collectibles, which then push Mamiya to, to ask you about what happened to your daughter, what happened to Calliope, what happened to all these things. And then it does that alongside weaving a really cinematic story that all just makes sense, and it fucking bangs. And I'm going to go into a very minor spoiler here, very minor, because I've got a theory on what's going on here. Very, very minor. Very, very. There's enemies here, and I'm going to leave it at that, which are throwbacks 
to what you see in Greece. Okay? I'm not going to go any further than that. I think, guys, they are 100% doing a remake of God of War 1. Oh. I 100% think that they have enough in this DLC to remake God of War 1 piece of piss. They've got so much little moments on here, like going onto the ship and all that. They could do God of War 1 without not too much effort here. And then the big thing is, what do you do? Do you keep it onto a third-person style? Or do you put it into that fixed-camera perspective that the original trilogy was in? That's the big question. And I think with what they've done in this DLC, they've got enough here to be able to put it behind the shoulder and to let it go. And that's what I'm thinking. You put a shot on it. What sort of time scale? When's it coming out then, Davey? <laughs> are we talking? Are we talking PS Five? Talking PS Six here? Let's let's get some shots on this. You seem very sure. Yeah, I reckon there's going to be some kind of remake or remaster. I think it's going to come out. I say within the next two years at Sony Santa Monica. This gen, this generation, this generation from Sony Santa Monica. Well, it's rumored. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the rumor. It's rumored that the whole trilogy is getting remade. Oh, I haven't. I haven't seen that rumor. Yeah, the whole. You're, I was laughing the whole time. You're like, yeah, this is what I think. I'm like, bro, I've seen it on Twitter for weeks. No way. <laughs> yeah. I've not seen that at all. Nowhere. Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, there you go. Other people with me. Here we go. Well, I'm putting my shots on it. Twitter on my side as well, as we all know from rumor has it. Twitter never wrong. <laughs> Always fucking wrong. So if, if anything, Spence, you've actually killed my I've excitement a little it, bit. Yeah. You've, you've fucking ruined it, mate. You've ruined it. Lewis, pass it over to you. I was just going to ask, with the remakes, do you think it's going to be angry Kratos or sad dad Kratos that we're going to get in the remakes? Um, yeah, it's got to be angry because that's his whole character growth. It has to be. You can't, you can't change that. If you change that, you change everything for God of War. So it has to be exactly the same way, the same arrogant dickhead Kratos that we all love. So, yeah, super, super happy. Phil, have you had opportunity yet to play Valhalla, or is this something that is now on your 2024 hit list? Mate, I've only just completed Spider-Man 2, which was my 14th <laughs> platinum, um, if, if, if you didn't hear about that over Lewis complaining about Mary Jane. Yes, 14 platinums. I just completed Spider-Man 2, so unfortunately I haven't had the time to jump into the God of War, but I, I love Ragnarok. It was one of the best experiences of last year and the start of this year. Um, it was incredible um, so I, I do want to play this DLC I, that was one of the uh, exciting moments actually of the Game Awards and that was something that is on my list for 2024 I know we've got a relatively interesting start to the year with some of the games which we'll talk about a little bit later um, but I am going to try and slot that one in somewhere because I probably need a little bit of a, a break from Armored Core and getting crushed by some of those bosses. So maybe um, the, the DLC for God of War will be very welcome at my house. There you go. Welcome from all of us. God of War Valhalla, I would give it a solid 10 out of 10 experience. Yeah. 10 out of 10. It'd get more if it could. It would. Yeah. Fucking fucks. It's brilliant. It's excellent. I told you. It's made for you. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Audience, if you've been on the fence, if you haven't put the time aside do it amazingly amazingly good piece of content thank you sony santa monica you don't fucking miss boys you do not miss now 
On that, let's move it into the quick news. Quick news. Quickity quick quick news. That's right, viewers, listeners. I am back. Daddy is back and quick news is back. But we are flip reversing it once again this time around because we've got Lewis on the show and we're cutting it down. We're only having one piece of news each. We're going to do away with the impressions as well today to make it an extra quick quick news. Okay, so I'm going to throw it over to our guest to start things off, Lewis. All right, cool. I mean, in the document, it's the last thing, but that's fine. <laughs> um, so Stellar Blade is has been confirmed to be coming out this year, which is uh, interesting because I didn't think that game was ever going to be coming out. So what do you guys think of that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that we had uh, a surprise kind of announcement on PS Blog where they were like, oh, things to look forward to in 2024. And since then, there was then a kind of sizzle trailer where they showed a load of different games that, that are being there. Most of them we know about, you know, like the likes of Concord and Helldivers 2. Uh, Rise of the Ronin, and then you had two other ones that have kind of had a big question mark on them for quite a while, and that being Stellar Blade. Now, Stellar Blade, obviously, that's a that's a banger, a juicer of a game that I've been on about since day one, since we first saw it, and Spencer's on about about it because of her ass, and and that's mostly the reason. Um, but we thought it was coming out in twenty twenty three, originally supposed to come out then, uh, originally anticipated for around about the October, and then just went just dark we now know according to this with the blog post that it's coming out in 2024 so that is a super super hype news especially gets me excited and then we got another one alongside that which is silent hill 2 so silent hill 2 gets the 2024 treatment so our 2024 is looking pretty busy boys now out of this list are any of you guys excited for either stellar blade or silent hill 2 any of you want to step back into the fog or step into that ass yes Yes, it's a double tick from me. And Stellar Blade, in particular, I was I was very excited to see this game because it, it's been moved, hasn't it? Because I think we were expecting it sometime within 2023 and just nothing really came up. It was talked about and talked about and talked about and then kind of went dead for a little while. I didn't hear too much. I didn't see too much on Twitter. But now seeing this come back on the PlayStation blog is exciting news. It's just something else to look forward to now in 2024 because that that list is already growing. Now we'll talk about that a little bit later when we talk about predictions for next year and we talk about games we want to play next year. But Stellar Blade is definitely up there for me as well as Silent Hill, obviously. What about yourself, Spence? For me, well, Silent Hill 2, I've not played any Silent Hill games. Ever. Ever. Oh. I've watched playthroughs of them. Uh, my old uh, favourite channel, which used to be Two Best Friends Play, they ended up stopped being friends. So they stopped playing games, loved them. That was about five years ago. They used to play all of them. So I've seen them, but that was five years ago. They stopped. And it was about five years before then they did them. So it's been 10 years since I've seen anything Silent Hill. So I'm completely blind. All I know is that Silent Hill 2 has a dog ending. Yes. And that is it. That is all I know because it was an Easter egg and I've seen an Easter egg video. That is literally all I know. And there's a nurse or there's nurses, which are, you know, chuck a bag on it do the job and this pyramid head which leave him as he is he's beautiful man <laughs> but that's literally all i know about silent hill 2 or silent hill at all and this fog i've seen the films okay seen the films films, are good. films but i'm so keen to get into silent hill i've never actually played it at all i'm keen to learn everything about it i think it's gonna be a great time and 
yeah, that's it, really. I, it's another survival horror that I need to dip my toes into. Sorry to inwardly promote a channel here, but if you do want to know about Silent Hill and the history of Silent Hill, there might be a content creator amongst us that might be covering it soon on their channel. That's true. Thank you for the layup, Phil. I appreciate that. Yes, I will be doing it. I, I, it's kind of unfortunate for me in a way, right? Because it's a lot of work. There is a lot of these games. But across 2024, that is what I will be reviewing on my personal YouTube. So if you are like Spence and you want to learn more about Silent Hill, you want to learn more about the development for it, how the games hold up this day and age in 2024, check it out. Check on over to SSJ Davy on the road to 10K, baby. Let's make it happen in 2024. Thank you for that, Leia. Phil, appreciate that. Lewis, you're not much of a survival horror expert by any stretch of the imagination. Will you be interested in visiting the town of Silent Hill, or are you more of looking at that lovely fat ass in Stellar Blade? Well, I just want to say congratulations on 5,000 subscribers first, because uh, you've, you've congratulations Thank on hitting that milestone. That's something I've been trying to get for the last 10 years, and I'm about 20 subscribers away, so I'm a bit annoyed that you beat me to it, but there you go. Congratulations. I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> um, I, I am a bit of a pussy when it comes to like horror games, to be perfectly honest. I mainly... All I know about horror games, I've been going from watching your channel, to be honest. Uh, I'm probably not going to be playing Silent Hill 2, even though I've heard it's a fantastic game. But, you know, let's see if I ever finish Alan Wake 2 first, and then then I might move on to Silent Hill 2 if I ever beat Alan Wake 2. Uh, I thought it was interesting that this year is going to be the year of the Blades. So on Xbox, you got the Hellblade 2, and on PlayStation, you got Stellar Blade. So it was like, do you want your anime waifu with a tight ass, or do you want a crazy bitch who's, like, covered in mud? I was like, oh, I don't know. Which one, which one do you go for? Ooh. <laughs> What normally seems to happen from my personal experience is you, you go for the one who's like super mint and then when you actually bring them back, you realise that they're actually that down-in-the-dirt yeah. psycho bitch. Whereas Hellblade, that Senua herself, she's the crab lady, bro. Yeah, she is. She's that. She'll give you that. No. Got them. <laughs> she, she, and should be... And really, you get noshed by like 10 different people. Uh, well, yeah. No, but maybe one of them is bad at head and you got to be like... As she goes down, you're like... Please, please, not her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, not her, Mary. Please. Not Mary. Please, come on. Where's Sarah? We're, come on, where's Sarah? At? Come on. Where's with Ruby? Oh yeah, that's my sister's name. Oh, that's that. oh. <laughs> that's that. Thank you. <laughs> Why did your mum name her after a stripper, bro? I, I don't know. But with twins, so she looks like me, so that that might help you. Yeah. It... <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard wank. Oh no! <laughs> not for him. Jesus. Uh, well, there's enough of that. Uh, Davey, you have some news? I do indeed. i got quick news and the wazoo. Quick news. Now, I shouldn't be happy about this, right? Because this is bad news. And we've reported on a lot of this kind of stuff on the podcast over especially the last 10 episodes of the show. We've got another closure, guys. Sad. Sad all round. But is it, though? But is it? No, it's not. Do you know why? Because it's First Contact Entertainment. You may be thinking to yourself, Davey, they sound familiar. And why are you kind of happy about this? They're the guys that developed Firewall Ultra. <clears throat> Firewall Ultra, get in the fucking bin. I've ranted about it enough. It's a game that I bought full price on PSVR 2 earlier this year, and I was robbed. Lurian, I blame you for that. 
You turn around to me and said, Davey, are you going to get it? It looks really good. It looks really good. And do you know what? I was suckered in and I just thought, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Fucking hate this game. I hate it. I actually hate it. They, they closed down. Right, now, here's what they've said, okay? So, this is verbatim from their Twitter. After almost eight years of working with the most amazing team I've ever had the pleasure of being part of, I'm sad to announce that we will be closing our company, First Contact Entertainment, by the end of the year. The lack of support for VR within the industry has eventually taken its toll. As a AAA ga VR game developer, we are just not able to justify the expense needed gouging forward. They meant going forward could have uh, quality controlled that we are a team of fearless innovators willing to push new technologies to its limits i'm extremely proud of the team and grateful to our investors our partners and of course our community of dedicated and passionate players it's been a wild ride thank you right now before i get you guys thoughts on this fuck off first contact entertainment what are you on about in this this is by far the worst post i've ever seen for people getting laid off because it's full of bullshit total bullshit right lack of support for vr within the industry is eventually taking its toll this was published by sony so you were paid by sony for this game it's just that nobody bought your fucking game because it didn't fucking release it released broken you couldn't play it for fucking months and they're like oh lack of support for vr within the industry you didn't even use any fucking vr shit in this game they're like innovators within it you can't even reload your gun. You just press X to do it. Can't open a door. You go up and press R2. What do they do? They, they made it so you aim where a grenade goes with your eyes. That's all they added to the VR mix. A, a system that nobody wanted. And they're innovators. Fuck off, man. I'm glad you're gone. This is the first time I'm ever going to... I'm, I'm, I'm going to be harsh with this. I'm glad they're gone. They literally are a waste of the vr landscape they make vr look bad if i put somebody in that game for the first time they're not gonna be like wow vr's the future they'll be like fuck vr and i just think fuck them they pissed me off enough i'm glad they're gone harsh should done better should done better spence any thoughts on this you know what <laughs> you you were extremely harsh but i actually completely agree with you the only annoying thing is, is we did buy this game. Yeah. And the thing is, it was released as games are nowadays, broken, but with the promise of being fixed. They can't even fix it now. <laughs> the game is just eternally fucked. <laughs> and they're like, we're so proud of our innovative team. Proud of what, fam? You did nothing. Like, literally, like you said, can't reload, can't open doors. You throw grenades for your eyes. I couldn't believe that was a mechanic. The only good thing they did, the literally the best thing they've ever come up with, is if someone throws a flash grenade, if you close your eyes, the effects are lessened. Yeah. Brilliant. That was great. Brilliant. They put that amount of thought into, ready, crazy one, reloading your gun. What? Brilliant game. Oh, and if the matchmaking worked. Yeah. Brilliant game. Which, entirely online game, by the way. No campaign. If the matchmaking worked, yeah, it might be good. Works Doesn't. now. It does now. No one's there. No one's there. Because guess what? It took too long. Yeah. Tell you what, I hope you have a great time over at Medium Molecule. It's like, <laughs> get gone, man. <laughs> I completely agree with you. As harsh as it is, and we've had a lot of closures and a lot of people getting sacked, this one, yes, kind of deserved. It's deserved. Yeah. 100% deserved. Like... If if you ain't if you ain't putting out the goods, get out of the fucking game. Yeah. 
And it, it, VR, you've got the best chance to come out with a big swinging dick by doing something original, something with high production value, gets a lot of eyes on it in the VR world. And even though it's a lot smaller of a landscape, people will talk about it and it will become really, you know, people will really fucking champion it. Mm. If you come out with a lazy ass fucking game that does barely anything VR led, what do you expect? Yeah. And and that's 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 it. Phil, have I been too harsh on this or have me and Spence been too harsh? Because I think we're pretty joined up on this. Well, I haven't really got a lot to go off on this game because I haven't played it. Surprise, surprise. I'm not the biggest VR guy or a VR guy at all. I don't own any VR headsets as much as I love tech and I surround myself with tech. So the only thing I can go off when it comes to Firewall is kind of your viewpoint. But ultimately... I'm saddened that another studio has gone and I'm saddened that a triple A, if I'm to believe this blog post, now they put a lot of effort into this. Obviously, they've spelled a few things wrong, but you said the quality of the game was pretty <laughs> pretty poor. So they probably spent a, as much time developing the game as they did writing this blog post or this post on Twitter. Um, but they say they're a triple A VR game developer. Now, how many triple A VR games are there? That's the question, because I, I can only really think of one, and that one hasn't come to PlayStation just yet. Otherwise, I might have a VR headset. Would I you would. class Capcom? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they are AAA games. Yeah, because, you know, the games that can't be mentioned, 4 and 8. And 7. And 7. Yeah. Gran Turismo. Yeah, AAA. I would call, call them right. out in AAA. Yeah, call them out in. So what, what are we saying? A handful? handful of games? I'd call Saints and Sinners AAA. I'd yeah. call Arizona Sunshine AAA. This, yeah. There's more now than there ever has been, I would okay. say. Okay, okay, okay. E even on a PlayStation pl a pl um, podcast, we are kind of struggling for names here. You could, you could name four or five there, and a lot of them obviously are main games on the PlayStation, and then they're converted for VR. But more solely VR games, we are struggling there, aren't we? So it does sadden me to the point that they class themselves as a triple a vr games developer and maybe that idea is there within the studio maybe it's not fully realized as as we as you've said in in, in previous shows that firewall really didn't hit those high high highs and you've got a lot of complaints to it but they wanted to be that and them closing that saddens me for the future of vr it really does because as much as i don't have a vr headset i am excited about vr I'm always interested in the news that comes out. But for me, it's just never reached where I need it to be to buy one. So them closing, I, I feel, is another knockback, really, because they wanted to be that AAA um, VR games development studio. And who's to say they wouldn't have achieved that in a few years, maybe their next game. Maybe if it isn't Firewall, maybe their next game that come out, maybe that would have been the AAA VR game that would have brought me into the ecosystem. So for, for that reason, that saddens me slightly. Uh, would you say that this is the Mary Jane of game companies? Uh, <laughs> no, because Mary Jane don't miss, mate. Mary Jane don't miss. So the Mary Jane of game companies would be someone like Rockstar, Insomniac. They're busted. Yeah, they're busted, right? Yeah. They're cracked. No, this isn't. This is the equivalent of Shocker, if we bring it to Spider-Man level. Where... No, it's the goon, mate. It's the random goon. Oh, yeah, yeah, not even a main villain. It's main that villain. random goon who goes, oh, it's, I'm going to be the one to take down Spider-Man. <laughs> and then he's just webbed upside down outside a shop. Yeah. I, I never realized, I, I never understood really why 
goons aren't like they are in the Batman games. Where they shit themselves. Where the last one, they're like, nah, nah. Yeah, they're like kind of what they kind they they're walking towards the door when you break their leg, yeah. right? Like the the goon Spider Man's so happy to fight him, it's and so he is so beyond them. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like if I saw a guy dodge a, an AK bullet, guns down. Sorry, mate. Just just web me up. Like I'm done. Like. Yeah my fist ain't faster than a bullet. No. You know, as much as I th- might think I'm alpha, I ain't AK. This ain't AK hands. I'd suck him off. <laughs> he wouldn't let you. I, he might not. He'd give you those different webs. That's fine. But I'd be like, mate, whatever you want. Yeah, it's fine. Please, don't hit me. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So no, not quite that, Lewis. But on a serious question, um, with, with uh, that game floating down, is there any like, proper first-person competitive games on PlayStation VR, like, left? Or, like, is there anything, like, to look forward to? So, there was basically, whilst this game was being released, it was a direct competitor, which was Crossfire Sierra Squad. We haven't actually tried that out yet. Heard it's amazing, though. Supposed to be really good. And that was kind of this game's big competitor. Firewall's obviously fallen short. I don't think they even wrote this post, by the way. I think someone else wrote it for them. Probably. But it's this that this we have the zombie games arizona sunshine this pavlov. saints and sinners pavlov is on psvr2 pavlov is brilliant it's basically Excellent. csgo or counter-strike it's phenomenal really fucking fun with proximity chat so you could sneak up behind your enemy pull their mag out of the gun and go hey and then they'll turn around and try to shoot you nothing comes out and you just stab them in the face it's brilliant absolutely amazing so this mm. this game being gone honestly you no you could act it out there's no fly support there's no pulling down the fly no really in the box you stick your mouth on their barrel you could do that yeah for real but it's this game being gone honestly as we're not missing any game experiences we're just missing 30 quid yeah that is all it is which to be fair devastating but it's fair enough it's fine It, it is what it is yeah so sorry for all the people that lost your jobs but in this case you should have done better Oh, I will say, actually, I do have one point to make. I Go did on. see a post the other day of a studio who were developing a game for the Quest with the ambitions. This was before PSVR 2 was announced. With the ambitions of bringing it to PSVR 2, expecting it to be a more successful system. And when it was released, they still had that goal in mind, but the optics just weren't there. So instead, they've switched it to a PC game. Oh, wow. To just play. They changed it to test the game so that they could... Uh, test it without having to remove the headset and everything all the time uh, and then it turned out just fun to play like that so they've scrapped the vr entirely wow. it was developed as a vr game with the hopes of psvr 2 and it just wasn't there so this this does kind of have a bit of weight to it with the psvr 2 not being as big as it needed to be i, I think the, bi- the big thing when it comes to any vr and this is always the case it's never going to replace traditional gaming no, it's, it never will. It's no. a luxury product that is there for people to have a unique experience. And that is always where it will live because it is effort. In the summer, I didn't pick up my PSVR 2 because it is hot. It is hot. Having a, a big thing on the front of your face, now is the perfect time to play it. In the winter, the spring, the autumn, fine. Summer, no fucking chance. So you've got like four months out of the year that you cannot play this thing because it is just torture to be in. But every time I put it on, I re- I remember why I adore it so much. Yeah. And you cannot get the experiences that you can get. You, you can't get the experience that it provides anywhere else. There is going to be something there for it, but it will always be a niche. It will never be the mainstream. And as soon as they realize that, 
which I think most VR developers do, you set your expectations and your budget accordingly. And that's just how you manage a project like you do any other project. It's first contact here, pulling at straws to try and find a way to justify why the game didn't sell when it's when they didn't do enough. Yeah. And and that's that's the bottom line, as far as I'm concerned. I mate, well said for one. Two, I think all we need we have these fantastic experiences with VR, such as uh, what was that game that won those awards where it's literally you play it with your eyes. Is it Before Your Eyes? I think that's what it was called. Before Your Eyes. Thank before you, Lewis. Before Your Eyes. Nice one, Lewis. Thank you, Lewis. Yeah, Before Your Eyes. I think those are the experiences we need for VR. But other than that, AAA developers make a game and then give it a VR port. I don't think we need AAA VR games. And then VR players, if they really want to, they'll just wait till the VR edition's out and play it that way. That way you're guaranteeing your sales you're guaranteeing your game works well and it's going to do well and you can focus as much as you want on the VR version because you have that time because you've made your money. Kind of like Capcom have done with the games we can't mention. They are brilliant ports. And GT. Yeah, and GT. Phenomenal. More of those. That's yeah. what we need. Just more of those. We don't need to rush games to VR. Make make it a good game first and then give us that option for luxury after. That is enough on this, so let's move it onwards. Philip Hoy, I'm going to come across to yourself. Give us your bit of quick news. Quick news. So, listeners, viewers, Insomniac, those leaks are just getting worse and worse and worse. We're hearing about the Wolverine footage coming out, and we're hearing about information detailing the difference between game sales before and after PS Extra. It's all information that maybe Insomniac probably don't want you to see. But it's out there now and everyone can sort of Google around and see that. But I'm putting out there to you guys, ignore it. There's no point in spoiling what Insomniac have got cooking for us in the future. Now they've put out a big post over on Twitter. I'm not going to read it. You all can go away. You can Google the Insomniac Twitter page and you can read through their kind of admission to this happening, which is quite refreshing, really, to sort of hear this. You know, they're under pressure from everybody sort of seeing behind the curtain and they're, they're just kind of saying, yeah, it's, it, it's happening, but we're doing our best to sort of prevent it going any further. Now, just to go a bit further on this, we have had a listener question and this doesn't actually come from Lurian. This comes from Mulwyn. Is that how we pronounce his name? I know we got it right a couple of episodes ago, but normally I'm pretty bad with names. Spencer, Raising his hands. Maloon. 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 Let's stick with Maloon then. Okay, guys. And I'll read this one verbatim. No idea how you're all handling it, but what do you think of Insomniac being a Marvel Studios now? I'm kind of underwhelmed a bit. Video games are at their best when they're doing a new IP, in his opinion. So what he's saying, guys, is that... What do we think about Insomniac being pigeonholed now for the future, just doing Marvel games? And he's a bit underwhelmed by it. And he believes that they're at their best when they're creating new IPs and bringing those excellent experiences to us video game players. How do you feel about that? Now, I'm going to come over to Lewis first, purely because you're a guest of the show. and We want to put you on the spot. So, Lewis, how, how do you feel about Insomniac? Well... 
there is a rumor. Well, are, are we are we talking about the spoilers at all? Because it's not all Marvel games. There is uh, whatever game, and then it's not Marvel. What what I would do with this one, Lewis, is 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 probably just try to avoid the spoilers. We we can talk around them, but I wouldn't mention them specifically by name. Uh, that and that's that's what I'm doing on my approach here. I I never want to, you know highlight the issues that the video games companies have with these hackers and and overstep the the barrier really it's out there for the world to see but i don't want to be the one promoting it fair enough uh yeah all i was saying is that uh there's one game on that list that's not marvel so it's not all marvel but it is majority marvel to be fair um yeah i mean i like the marvel games as i said spider-man 2 is my favorite ps5 game so uh i'm i'm down for more i suppose uh maybe they can get rid of mary jane for the next one but um and it'd be a bit better uh but there is one thing i wanted to talk about in the leak and i'm not sure it's not really that much of a spoiler uh but it was a little thing i wanted to talk about is that they were gonna break up one of their games into three parts that they were gonna have a part one a part two and then a multiplayer and sell them as three separate games like i I'm not a fan of that. Like, what, what do you guys think of that? I think for me, and and not so much sticking to just what you say uh, in, in terms of the the splitting up part. I think for me, I was really saddened by by this list, and not because it kind of takes away a lot of the fun, you know. For me, and especially for me, like, let's be real. I've been wanting resistance for a long time. I joked about it in the last episode. And I was very much tongue-in-cheek, right? So this is cracking up. I was very much tongue-in-cheek on the last episode. But I was genuinely gutted to realize that, actually, no, we're not going to get resistance again. You know, the possibility of that being spoiled for me and learning what they're going to do until, like, what, 2028 or whatever, kind of sucks. Because that takes away everything we got. Now, whenever we go into a Shagmary kill or we go into a prediction... We can't make something to say, oh, they're going to release this game because now we know it's going to come out, right? Uh, but you say that, 2031 is your year. Yeah, 2031 Resistance, baby. Resistance, Resistance 4, baby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I've seen the leaks and I, I appreciate what um, what Phil said there in terms of not sharing it around. I think it's probably the best approach. And I think that by not thinking about it, I may forget which is what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that it just slips my mind and I get surprised by stuff. Personally, Lewis, I think with how Insomniac handle their games, right? If they've decided to split it up into three section, three separate pieces, I don't think you've got anything to worry about. Because as far as I'm concerned, every single game they produce is bang for their buck. People say like Spider-Man 2, it's 20 hours and you've fully completed it. 20 hours is a fucking long time. <laughs> a game that can't be mentioned is over in four hours, right? Four, I played four, four hours worth of content for, for the game that can't be mentioned three. Done with it. Even on the longer scale, you're talking, say, the game that can't be mentioned four. 15 hours, right? Maybe 20 if you're just totally gash, okay? And we're like, great game length. Maybe a bit too long. People's gate, people's perception of game length is so fucked, it's and huge. it does my head in all the time. Because people always say about, oh, Baldur's Gate three should be sold for two hundred pounds because it's massive. GTA six should be sold for seven thousand pounds because it's endless. Fuck off. Game length does not equal price. It never has, never will. 
It's all about in the eye of the beholder. And Insomniac have not proven to me that I should distrust them. I, I think, for me, they've got enough proof in the pudding from everything they've done all the way back since the PS2 generation, or even PS1, if we're thinking about Spyro, that whatever they put out is quality is quality first. So if they do think about separating a game out to three separate slots, there's no reason to doubt why they've made that decision. And that's as far as I, I'm concerned with it. To be devil's advocate with this one, though, the only thing I would say is I really enjoyed Spider-Man 2, but once I got the Platinum, there wasn't really anything else I could do. Like I've literally used, I've done everything possible in the game. I'm hoping the new game plus will be out soon because they did say that they were going to drop that, but that's the only thing. That's the point of a platinum. That's the entire point of it is that you've done everything. It's a badge of honor to say I've done everything in this game. I've played it in ways that I didn't think I would need to play. I've done things I never normally would do to be able to achieve that. And that's the point where you delete it off the system and you're done with it. It goes on the shelf. It's a badge of honor. That's the entire point for Platinum as far as I'm concerned. It's not about the length. It's about what you do with it. Um, just to go back to Mulian <laughs> and what what he was asking there and just to add in my two cents, I don't feel like Insomniac are purely just becoming a marvel studio because as we know disney are more willing these days to let other studios have some of the lesser ips we've just seen blades um coming out or uh, announced for a for a different studio the guys who did uh death loop um obviously um, we had the guardians that wasn't developed by insomniac so there are disney titles um, coming through or marvel titles coming through from different studios so they don't all go through insomniac i just feel with disney they have a trusted name with insomniac because of the pedigree of games that they've put out so far with spider-man they're all incredible they're all nines and tens out of tens so they are just going to be pushing the kind of bigger titles through insomniac i believe but you are going to see a bit more of a spread now across other studios and it's not purely always going to be insomniac i don't feel low insomniac now they're not they are going to still have some time excuse my words they are going to still have some time to develop those IPs. So we're not going to lose those. I, I don't believe that. I don't believe the Insomniac are going to become purely Marvel and you'll lose those creative IPs that you're talking about there. I, I think there's more to come for the future of them. To be fair, lads, honestly, after listening to all of you giving your points, everything, I completely agree with all of you. Uh, there's kind of a lot to talk about here and I'll go through each of your points individually. So for one, about uh, one of the series being split in three ways as long as the work's in there for those games, doesn't matter. Look at Final Fantasy VII. Phenomenal. I would have paid more than the 70 quid for that game, and I'm, I would pay more for the next part. It doesn't matter. As long as the bang for your buck is there, it's worth whatever. Even if it's only a segment of the game, if it, the value is in that segment, it's worth what you pay for it. It does not matter. Pay for what you want. If, it, if you can't afford it at the time, if you don't think it's worth that amount, wait for it to go down. It will, unless it's on Nintendo. If it's not on Nintendo, you're fine. Yeah. Just give it a few weeks, a few months, play it a bit later, it's fine. In regards to Insomniac's leaks and Maloon, your question, awful. I hate these leaks, I hate seeing these, but ultimately, Insomniac aren't really one for new IP anyway. They've always been running the same IPs, we've had Spyro, we've had Ratchet, and now they've been given Marvel games. They're not very inventive with their new IPs. Well, I mean, you got Resistance and Sunset Overdrive, 
Yeah, but Sunset Overdrive was a one-off. Yeah, true. Massive one-off. Yeah, true, true, true. And Resistance came and gone. Came and gone? It's came and gone. Oh, mate. I know, I'm bringing your heart, but it's, it's come and gone. Three games. Three games. What's more successful, Ratchet or Resistance? <laughs> all right. Spider-Man or Resistance? Okay, all right. Come on. Yeah. They're going to stick to their games that they know how to do. And Ratchet is just Spyro, but you're Ratchet instead, going through different worlds. Going through different planets rather than different portals or whatever Spyro does. Yeah. Same kind of thing. It's just a bit more advanced now because we're a bit in the future. Them not doing new IPs is fine because they're not really a studio that excels at that. They're good at building on what they already have. That now being Marvel products, honestly, I would be upset if it wasn't Insomniac, who I trust full-heartedly. They have smashed it every time. I imagine they will continue to smash it every time. And these leaks, as much as it might bum you out seeing game title this, game title that, Street Fighter VI got leaked like two years ago, and we thought, yeah, we expect that, but we didn't think anything of it. As soon as they revealed Street Fighter VI, we were like, holy fucking shit, this game's going to be amazing. Don't just base your opinion on a title on a white screen, on a Word document. Wait till you see the game. Because although it's just a Marvel game, they could add some new twists, new mechanics. They could do so much with these characters and these IPs. It's a shame that all of them are coming from the same tree, but they could branch off in so many different ways. I think that's a really good point. And that and that's something that uh, Maloon, just to just to double down on this, is that yeah, I, I am gutted that it is solely kind of existing IP in a way, in that it's the Marvel IP. However, the big differentiator is always going to be gameplay. And with the ones that have leaked, if you've got very different gameplay styles, like Phil, you mentioned about Guardians of the Galaxy earlier, plays very different to how Spider-Man plays, which plays very different from how Marvel's Avengers plays. As long as they make a clear distinction between it, I don't think there's anything to worry about because it will feel like a fresh new experience. And you'll be thinking, God, I can't wait till I can play whatever this game is without spoiling it. Can't wait to play with the guy who shoots lasers out of his eyes, which I'm not going to spoil what it is, but I'm super hyped to see him in this game. All this stuff, right? Wait and see. And as Spence, Phil, and even yourself, Lewis, reiterated, we got no reason to really doubt Insomniac here. I think if they've decided on these IPs and they've been handed to them, they think, yeah, we can write a really good story and we can make this really different from what we've done before. Great. Absolutely fine. Would I like to see them come up with something brand new? Yes. No, you wouldn't. However, I'm happy with whatever they bring us because they don't miss. Lewis, do you want to round out this bit before we move on? Yeah, I just also wanted to say that uh, there was a massive Xbox leaks a couple of months back about where they basically the entire roadmap of Bethesda games was shown as well. And it was obviously it wasn't a hack like this one was, but it was like similar kind of stuff that was shown. Uh, but it was is like it's already proven out that a lot of that has already changed, and I feel like people shouldn't worry too much because these games are not even in de- some of these games are not even in development yet, and video games get cancelled, video games get changed. Uh, there's no guarantee this is going to be the same list of games that's actually going to come out. Uh, so uh, you know they might announce a completely different 
they might just say, oh, we're DC now. Uh, Superman game's coming out next week. Like, next year instead. Like, you don't know. Things change. So don't get too... I wouldn't worry too much about it. Completely agree with you there, Lewis. That's exactly the point that I was uh, trying to make earlier. You you may have seen the timeline, but ultimately you don't know what else they could be cooking uh, in the background. So possibly there may even be a surprise new IP. We just have to wait and see for that future. But anyway, let's round things out with quick news. Spencer, hit me where it hurts. Let's hear the last quick news of tonight. Thank you for that transition, mate. Quickity. Quick, quick news. As always, listeners, watchers, lads, and esteemed guests, we, or well, me, are going through the January monthly games of PS Plus Essential. What a shocker. So the games we get this month are as follows. A Plague Tale Requiem for the PS5, Evil West, PS5, PS4, and Nobody Saves the World, PS5, PS4. Now... That's three PS5 titles this month, and I would say quite a good month. But I'm not sure how you boys feel about this. Lewis, you are our guest. I will come across you first. What are your thoughts on these three titles? Very good list of games. I think they're all very good. Uh, only thing is that they all came to Game Pass about a year ago. The exact same <laughs> the exact same three games. Uh, but I've played Plague Tale. It's really good. Uh, all three of the games are really good, actually, so... Highly recommend Tech I Play Tale Requiem. Uh, I I did say before that I prefer it to uh, The Last of Us Part Two, and uh, I'm going to stand by that. So there you go. Uh, yeah, very worthwhile checking out. Damn, fair play, David mate. What are your thoughts on these titles? Yeah, really, really good. Um, play Tale Requiem is one of those games that I'd be glad to add to my backlog. Yeah, because I haven't played the original Play Tale. We got the original one, the PS5 version, a few uh, quite a while ago. Now. You got it like near the launch. Yeah, got it ages ago, right? Yeah, and I haven't played that yet. So I can then add this, and then I can think, oh, do you know what? I can just do back to back, and I got them included for free forever, which is always lovely, right? If this was on extra, I'd be worried about it because then they could come off. But with That's Essential, true. as long as you've got Essential, you're you're good to go, right? Evil West, I've heard good things about it. I've got a a friend, Deadforge, um, if you haven't checked him out on YouTube, I'd highly recommend you check out his stuff. He loves kind of middling games, right? That's his thing. He loves Evil West. So take from that what you will. I haven't played it, but he loves middling games. And he's not going to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take from that what you will. And finally, Nobody Saves the World. Haven't even seen anything about this. Oh, I've don't, I haven't seen anything about it. I saw a post earlier of someone saying it's a game that got buried by a lot of other releases at the same time. But apparently, it's a really, really good game. It's made by the same people who made Guacamelee, and it came to Xbox last year oh. as an exclusive. You basically you start; it's like a dungeon crawler. You start off as like a bug or whatever. You get more and more powerful. You can change characters and stuff. So it's called Everybody Saves the World because you can change characters and stuff. You uh, go through different dungeons and stuff. I adore Guacamelee. I adore them. I got platinums on on both of them. That has risen up. That is that might be a download and try, like a media actually, if it's made by them. Um, the rest of them on the back burner. Evil West never gonna fucking touch it. Uh, Playtale Requiem will one day. Quiet month. Quiet month. Yeah. Fair play, fair play. Phil, mate, what about you? What are your thoughts on these three games? Well, I've had a look at all these games. I actually watched some uh, gameplay trailer for each one of them and actually this isn't a bad month. I normally dunk quite hard on the 
PlayStation Plus titles that we get given each month. But this month was quite surprising. A Plague Tale Requiem. Now, we are going back to 2022 with this one. And it had a Metascritic of 82. So it's quite a highly regarded game, actually. Action adventure stealth video game I am reading on Wikipedia. And to be fair, this game actually looks beautiful for 2022. And it's strange that we haven't really given this game too much shine previously. I know we talked about it a little bit, but ultimately none of us really spent a lot of time with it. So it being part of the service, that's a blessing in disguise. L much like you though, Davey, it will be on the back burner for a little bit. A little bit longer on my back burner. Evil West, <laughs> 22nd of November 2022, a Metacritic score of 73. This is a third-person vampire hunter based in the American frontier, which is rare, very, very unique. I did quite like this game, actually. I think out of the three, this one probably is the one that I might dig into as a bit of a, a palate cleanser, because I'm always looking for those. As I spoke about earlier in the games that I sort of play generally i gravitate towards the sort of bigger titles the triple a so i always need these little games just to bury a few hours and again nobody saves the world 2022 18th of january metacritic of 75 this is the action role player dungeon crawler and something you left off there lewis it's a multiplayer it's something we can all play together it's cartoony it's crazy and it looks like dumb fun so i think this one's a download and play together Evil West, I think this might be my palate cleanser that I can play in the background. A Plague Tale Requiem, going to sit on the back burner, probably not going to end up playing it, but it's something I should play. For me, these three games, I mean, Nobody Saves the World is probably top of my list out of these three, because it looks... I haven't actually, I haven't checked it out too much, but from what you've just said, Phil, and from what I saw on Twitter about this game, seems really good. I'm keen to get into it. If it's that kind of dungeon crawler kind of game like you've said, Lewis, I'm sure it'd be a great time. Keen about that. Evil West, like you said, Davey. Yeah, fuck it off. Yeah, I'm, talking, <laughs> I, I'm not going anywhere near that. But Plague Tale Requiem, I was quite keen on the original Plague Tale when it first released. And I played it for maybe about three hours and I never picked it back up. But my girlfriend at the time, well, she, my still my girlfriend, my girlfriend was playing it at the time, the same time as me, but she actually saw it through. She adored it. And then when Requiem came out, she I bought it for her. She played it, platinumed it. She platinumed both the games. She wow. loves them. And she's always trying to tell me what happens in the games. And I say, no, I'll get to it at some point. So it's been on my backlog. And like you boys, it's still on my backlog. It's pushed. There's, there's titles out there, you know. It's too much. It's too much. So yeah. it's on my backlog too, but I'm really keen to get to them at some point. I definitely will eventually 2031 i heard is a quiet year <laughs> but maybe then maybe at some point but i am keen to get to these games but all in all great month fair Strong play month. playstation fair play there we go guys that's the end of the quick news and we are all winners this episode so congratulations everybody no one gets a shot in the dog and we're gonna move this swiftly on to the topic of tonight Topic time. And here we go, listeners. We are at the topic of the show. And today's topic is a juicer. It is the NPS We Trust Game of the Year Awards. The way this works and the way it has worked since the podcast inception is that we each come prepared with a list of our top five games of the year. We will then go through that list whenever a game is mentioned that is on our list at any point. So it might be my number one. Phil brings it up in number five. We will discuss it in full and earnest right there and then without giving away our individual scores for anyone else. 
And then when it comes up later in the list, it saves discussing it all over again. We will then tally up the scores at the end of that and reveal the NPS We Trust Game of the Year for 2023. Of course, we will then bring it on to any other HMs that we want to mention, as well as going into our most anticipated game of 2024. And it's always nice. This podcast is all about dunking down on people. We will end with discussing the worst game of 2023. And who knows, we may come up with a consensus. We'll have a look and see how that pans out. But first off, we always start with the youngest, and I'm going to keep that as a tradition for this. Spencer, let's go to your number five. Okay, thank you for that, mate. Now, this might come to everyone as a shock, but for me, I've done a lot of deliberating, thought about it, and I changed it about 20 seconds ago. My number five, fuck me, I can't even say this, is Spider-Man 2. Oh, Spider-Man 2 coming in at number five. Number five. I really thought it'd be higher, but the more I think about it, because even after I platinumed this game, I kept playing it. Still swinging around, but ultimately, I kept playing it to abuse glitches and bugs. Because I was swinging up the map, seeing how far I could go. And there's one point you keep swinging, Peter disappears, and then the wall disappears, and then you fall to your death, and you just respawn. And that, it takes 30,000 meters of swinging. I've done it. It takes 20 minutes. It's long. But that's about it then. Ran out of shit to do. Uninstalled. And I haven't really thought about Spider-Man. The reason it's gone to fifth place, I don't think about it anymore whereas like say last year our winner god of War ragnarok always on my mind always on my mind so the reason it was on my third place i bumped it down to fifth just because i do not think about this game anymore and it's just behind me i'm just done with it it's not a game that's kept my retention let's say and it's not a game i'll revisit okay well wow wow kicking off i know strong number five yeah does Spider-Man 2 appear on anybody else's list? If it does, let's pass it over to you guys. Say your piece. Didn't make my cut at all. Uh, I love it. It's my favorite PlayStation game, but it did make my top five. And uh, I, um, that just proves how great this year's been, to be honest, because it is a really good game and it deserves some credit, but didn't make my top five. And uh, as same as Spencer, as soon as I beat it, I've kind of been done with it. I haven't really gone back. I really haven't really thought about it since I got the Platinum, to be honest. Which is a shame because I love Spider-Man One and Miles Morales, so yeah. But it was a good game, but not didn't make my list. No, that's fair enough. It is a massive shame, Phil. Has this game appeared on your list at all? Well, I'm sorry that you know all maybe Davy's negativity has got to you, boys, especially you, Spencer. I, I feel like you've been heavily swayed with the kind of minute issues that Davy and, and and maybe even I've highlighted earlier that we have with this game because it is a spectacular experience and it is actually my game of the year it, it got my vote right from Whoa. the start wow. I really enjoyed this this game all the way it, it, well it was number one so I have to say it now um, it did feature on my list. It is my game of the year. I did complete it. I did platinum it. It's the number fourteenth platinum. If you haven't heard that one, uh, <laughs> and it's the only game on my top five that I have actually platinumed. So I always use platinums as as a mark of honor. It kind of signifies the games that I really, really enjoy. And, and Spider-Man 2 got it. Okay, the Platinum was a relatively easy one to get. But I enjoyed getting the Platinum, and I did get that Platinum. So, yeah, Spider-Man 2 featured on my list. It is top of my list. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry that 
maybe we, we've negatively influenced people because we are nitpicking when we talk about Spider-Man 2. Davey, obviously, you've got a couple more gripes than me, and I, I did highlight a few issues with it, and it does knock it down, I suppose, from that 9 out of 10, uh, sorry, from that 10 out of 10 on the previous podcast when I rated it when I'd only had a couple of hours with it, and I was overly hyped to maybe this sort of recency kind of review that I've given you, um, having that 9 out of 10 and, and sort of experiencing a few kind of minor things that didn't 100% um, work for me. So yeah, Spider-Man 2, top of my list. Um, but yeah, I am a bit saddened that it's got to number five for you, Spence, because I know you really enjoyed that game. Yeah, I think the case is for it. I think if I'd beaten and platinum Spider-Man 2 maybe two days ago, it would be my game of the year. But it's just the fact that it hasn't stayed in my mind. It's There's just other games that I think about so much more often and want to revisit more that I've beaten this year. And that's the only reason. Spider-Man 2 is an exceptional game. Buggy and full of glitches, which I for quite you. enjoyed. Yeah, well, for me. For me. And it's a lot of them. But aside from that, phenomenal game. Brilliant gameplay, story, combat, everything. Honestly, not to put it down, phenomenal game. I'm devastated it didn't win any awards at the Game Awards. But it is my number five. And that's just because it hasn't kept my retention. That is the only reason. Just to say, uh, before we move this on, I experienced zero bugs with this game. So I, I think that's a you problem. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying that you should uh, you should put it higher, but I am telling you, you probably need to get a new PlayStation because I... you get a lot more bugs than anyone else on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I do, but you also played it three patches later. I, I didn't get any bugs, but I, just, I, I, re I, but I did really enjoy this game. I just think that there was six, like five or six games that I preferred this year. And it just didn't quite make the cut personally, but I did really enjoy it. And I think it's a really good game. Just think 2023 has been a fucking insane year for a great game, personally. Well, guys, when it comes to Spider-Man 2, it is not on my list either, Lewis. It is not there. I think 2023 has been a, a year which has been absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. And I think the, the games that I've got that I will bring to the table shortly, for me kind of on the same lines as you spent in terms of i do not think about spider-man 2 at all i i think when when the games of the of the year list were shown i didn't think it deserved to win any awards i don't think it excelled in any particular category that put it above anything else i thought the story was not a patch on the first game i thought gameplay was better in every single way graphical level was great sure presentation was superb but does it hang with the likes of even horizon no i don't mm. think so I don't think it's I don't think it's up there with that. I don't think it's up there with Returnal. I don't think it's up there with God of War Ragnarok. I think from the first party experiences, I think it's kind of middle of the pack run. And sure, that's a nine out of ten experience. Yeah, yeah, it is. But that's that's what we get for first party now. I don't think it does anything overly special. And I was surprised that it was featured into the Game of the Year discussion from the Game Awards because for me, it doesn't hang with the big boys that are up in that list. Um, I will say, sorry, just to cut you off. The only game award I expected him, uh, them to win, the only one, because they were never winning game of the year. No. And a lot of the awards they were put for and they'd never win. I thought Yuri Lowenthal would win best VA. No. Because I thought him, his Venom voice was really good. And his just the switching of Peter and stuff throughout the progression, I thought he did a really good job. He, he did. And, and, and this isn't taken away from it. And I suppose this is always the thing that we, we always have to preference when it comes to this or Horizon or anything. Not taking anything away from it, I think, for me, Clive's performance in FF16 should have won that award, as far as I'm concerned. 
that is such a good performance. Granted, they haven't played Baldur's Gate. No. So, you know. And the amount of dialogue in Baldur's Gate I, I is like judge. 200 hours of yeah, dialogue. Yeah, I can't, I can't judge. That, that one, and I, I can't say anything. So. I've played Baldur's Gate. I'm not a huge fan of Asteria, and I think he's a bit weird, to be perfectly honest. Give, uh, there's other characters. I, I mean, I, I, I said earlier, he's not even in my party. I don't really rate him that much. So I don't. I, I personally would. I think I would have given it to him, or maybe J, um, uh, the cyberpunk. Oh, I can't remember his bloody name now. Uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Or uh, yeah, the the voice actor of the year, or like it, just because it's Idris Elba, really. But you know, <laughs> uh, or yeah, well, as you said, Yuri Lowenthal. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, let's let's move it on from that. Spider Man looks like it's went from being probably, I think going into this year saying it was probably a safe bet for our game of the year that it's not going to be in contention for it this year which is absolutely shocking as it stands it has six points yeah yeah wow well we'll see how the rest of the list shakes up uh my number five i'm assuming the button's disconnected right if i say the name of a game that i'm about to it say is. I'm it, not is indeed. Get in it is my number five is resident evil four Remake! <laughs> yes, uh, I love it. I, I really enjoyed it. Resident Evil 4. I know you guys, Resident Evil 4 is not high on your list of Resident Evil games, like full stop, but it's my favorite Resident Evil. And uh, I love the new one and I really enjoyed it. And uh, I enjoyed the DLC because Ada is like just, you know, wow. Uh, <laughs> and I think the game is just fantastic. Uh, and it just improved it on every way of the original, in my personal opinion. And yeah, I think it's great, and it's like I'm as I'm a massive coward, and I'm not very good at survival horror games. Uh, this is one of my favorites. I really enjoyed it. It's it's scary enough that it's still intense, but not too scary that I could actually play it and enjoy it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's my number five. Does anyone else have Resident Evil Four remake on their list? I do. I do have it on my list. I'm not going to say where it is. I think I'm not. I'm not going to spoil where where the where the games are on my list uh, as I go through. I recommend you guys do the same. But I will say my piece about it now. Resident Evil Four Remake is a game that I had high expectations for because Capcom, as we know, they don't miss. And I went in being not a fan of Resident Evil Four in any way, shape, or form. I think it's very middling. Thing is overrated, if anything. Uh, and that it's not even a Resident Evil game. And I came out from this being completely blown away. I thought the Resident Evil 4 remakes one of the best Resident Evils of all time. <clears throat> I stand by that. I played it through on, on the hardest difficulty on Hardcore. And I think that was maybe part of the reason why. Because resources were so strict. It was very much banging the beat of the same drum that I love for Resident Evil. Which is having to manage everything so closely yet also tying it into really engaging gameplay with the knife and the melee combat and everything else. And the story of Resident Evil 4 isn't great in the original. In the remake, they added to it so much more with the lore and the files and everything else, and then they bang on top of that with separate ways, which absolutely kicks ass. This game this year has been a real testament to what Capcom can do now with a remake, and I honestly was blown away by it this year it, it, exceptional game definitely appears on my list well i guess i'll follow sue it also appears on my list i will also not say where but more or less all the exact same points as davy said 
I think this game would have been below Spider-Man 2 for me or until probably separate ways. But then also, base game alone, this now VR as well. And that's just another brand new, completely, completely different way to play the game. It changes how the mechanics work. You can dual wield and shit. You have to parry the chainsaw yourself with the knife. That's got to be terrifying. So this game's already brilliant. Already blew me away. And I was a not, I was not a fan of the original Resident Evil 4. Not a fan at all. But they reworked it so much. Like you said, Lewis, they made it scarier. Did they? They made it darker. They didn't make it scarier. They made that first room where you enter the house and go downstairs a bit darker to make you think, ooh, this is a bit spooky. And then that's really it. The game's not scary. Did you not feel tension? No. Didn't? I did. The thing is, the fight scenes, the combat was scary because I played it on hardcore as well. And that is like, it's not scary as in the atmosphere or anything like that. You're just kind of like, shit, 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 shit. Jump through the window, fucking reload my shit, sort it all out. That was kind of the only tension I felt. After RE7, my fear with games has kind of diluted. And I kind of just understand how games work a bit more now. So RE4 didn't really do that for me with fear. But it turned what I thought was a generic action game in the original into an actual Resident Evil experience with the remake. And I adored it for that. I had a lot of fun. I still think Separate Ways is better than the base game. But do I think it's better than the VR version of the base game? I'm yet to find out. So there's just so much in this game. It's already a 15-hour experience. Has brilliant DLC. Some of the best DLC we've ever seen. And you can play the entire game in VR. On the PSVR 2. Which is a brilliant headset anyway. It works beautifully. So how am I not going to put it on this list? Phenomenal inclusion. What I was going to say is that when I said it was more scary, I meant it's more like serious. It's like, I love the goofy Resident Evil, like the, the, the really goofy stuff, like punching boulders and all that. But they did take some of the goofy stuff out, like the giant neck golem of the guy. I can't even remember the the Napoleon guy, like had Salazar. a giant neck golem in the original. Yeah, Salazar in the original. And in this one, he kind of just toned it down a bit. I feel like it was a bit more serious, but like not too serious. It was still goofy enough that I enjoy, I could enjoy it, and I kind of like the, the like the tone. I felt was a bit better balanced. Personally, that's what I meant when it being more scary. Yeah, I know I, it's pretty much the same gameplay wise and all that. I just meant that personally. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's really really good game. I I I played separate ways on Halloween. With a pizza, and it was like a great night. Probably my favorite Halloween I've had in years. <laughs> Just chilling, playing <laughs> Resident Evil. I loved it. Uh, yeah, so my number five for sure. Uh, Phil, did it did make it to your list at all? Well, surprise, surprise, for the ones that have noticed, I might be a fan of the series that this game comes from. Because actually, we can mention it because the button is off. Resident Evil 4 does make my list. And for me, exactly the same way that Davey sort of described it, I wasn't a fan of the original. I, I would have rated this pretty low on my list of all-time favourite Resident Evils. I know the community absolutely bangs Resident Evil 4. They, they, they throff over it, don't they? And they were really wanting this remake. And I was a little bit apprehensive i think to dive into this because they they sold it as it becoming a darker 
Resident Evil. And and that's kind of what I wanted from the series. And Spencer, you correctly identified they did start off that way, but it quickly jumped back into the action. But it was a game changer because they improved on every single aspect throughout the game. And for me, they just elevated what was quite a good game but really didn't fit within the resident evil universe and they brought it straight back into where it needed to be with those file pickups with all the extra lore that we got with the game and spence you're completely bang on that dlc blew me away and and like you i thought that was the best offering that we got from this so far i probably won't end up playing the vr so for me separate ways is gonna be my favorite part of resident evil 4 remake for sure that was absolutely an incredible experience if anyone hasn't played that yet please 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 go and pick that up came out i think september uh this year it was around that sort of time so it's been out a fair bit now you could probably get it on a bit of a discount but resident evil 4 separate ways makes my list and pretty high up not to give it away well there we go so Speaking of lists, Phil, do you want to bring on your number five? Okay. Well, my number five probably is a game that I don't think anyone else on this podcast would have played. And I like to throw in a relatively small title um, within my sort of game of the years. I know I always refer to them as mini games. I always refer to them uh, in, in kind of a derogatory fashion. But I think for this one, it needs to have a little bit of shine. And I'm, I'm talking about The Expanse. This is a Telltale game, and it's one of the first ones that I've played in sort of recent memory. I sort of dipped in and out with the uh, Walking Dead when they first started to take on that IP, but I haven't returned. I, I, I don't overly enjoy these types of games, but the IP definitely for me carried this one and brought me into this universe. I was really interested to find out where drummer came from because this this game is a prequel it's set before the television series the expanse and i just loved it i just loved every minute with it it just expanded my whole viewpoint on the character and for that reason it has to make my number five for game of the year because of that pure experience that i got from it but the game it's it's all right but it is hard carried by that ip and i absolutely love the expanse so it had to make the list really well said i mean the, the thing about it is with the expanse your love for it has now led to me and the missus. That's our next show we start watching. Really? Honest to God, yeah. Oh, my we're, God. We're just about finished. We're, we're, we're nearly up to date with Reacher. As soon as we finish that, we're on to The Expanse. And then I'm going to then, if I get to the point where you are with it, where you're like, you froth at the gash for it, I'll have to get a Telltale game. And it and, takes a little bit for drummer to come into it, so stick with it because as soon as she comes into the series, oof, it just erupts. Okay, all right, but no, I'm I'm really excited. I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed your time with it so much that it made your top five. And for me, it just adds that little bit of ray of sunshine onto the Telltale games and and that kind of IP because I love the way that they lay their games out. I love those kind of those narrative experiences. And so for me, if I enjoy the TV show. I'll definitely be joining you on The Expanse in the near future. It's definitely one of those, isn't it? If you don't know the IP, it's not a game that would have even been on your radar apart from the couple of weeks back, which I talked about at Spence. So it's probably not a game that would ever register with you. No, it's it's definitely not. But I'm mega like hyped to see a Telltale game on the top five list at all. That's actually sick. Telltale haven't done much in a long time, obviously for certain reasons. But for them to come back and come back swinging that hard, awesome to see. And it does kind of increase the hype. Maybe I might check out the show too. 
again, backlog's big in games and shows and <laughs> movies. But 2031, you know, it's coming. At it, at it, 2031, baby. Well, for my top five, guys, I'm going a little bit different from you you all. It's, it's a game that only one other person on this podcast will have played, and it is Mini Golf VR, making my top five. It is a game that we were recommended by Lurian, and we thought, okay, yeah, we'll check it out. And we dived in, and I've had some of the most fun I've had this entire year playing that with yourself, Spence. Bro. I've had so much fun. And it's one of those things that we haven't been able to play games together now for a few weeks. We've yeah. both been busy with things going on in our own lives. And I know whenever we say, like, oh, can, we, can we get together? It's going to come up. Shall, shall we play VR? And I, I played it with Karen the other day. I let her have a go in it, and she absolutely adored it. And it just made me feel like, God, I fucking love this game. I, like, I love it. I think about it all the time. And they're, they're posting out, like, new content and new maps literally, like, every few days on their Twitter. And I watch, like, where people get these lucky shots. Like, I had that one shot this year that was, like, totally fluke that mini golf shared. And it's just, like, all these little moments that we just burst out laughing. It's just had... I've had such a fun experience playing golf in a VR setting. And just that moment where you miss a shot and you go... <laughs> and it's just, it's just so fun. It's just a joyful experience. Easily the standout that I think if anybody wants, you want to show them VR, it's a great game because it won't make them sick. It's a, it's a fun game that you can put them in. They'll, just, they'll get VR immediately and they'll yeah. get the joy for it. It's a joyful experience. Easy top five for me. Loved it. Loved every moment of it. Damn. I mean, look, I wanted to fit this into my top five, but ultimately it fell short. It is my honorable mention. I'll okay. say that now because that's fine. But what a phenomenal game. Walk about mini golf. Anyone who has a PSVR 2, if you're listening, just pick it up. It is so fucking fun. We've had countless hours playing it. We're planning on getting the Platinums. It's hard. It's hard. It's fucking solid. It's hard. It's hard. You need to be really good at mini golf. <laughs> but the thing is, is like this. We played mini golf IRL a few weeks back. We went on double date. Yeah, it's helped me in actual mini golf IRL. I sweeped. I wish I could say it helped me. It didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> you're you got that dyspraxia thing going on. Yeah, I do. Yeah. In the virtual world, you're fine. Yeah. But it's like it's genuine one to one with mini golf. It just feels like you're playing mini golf with your mate. It's a class time. And if they could somehow implement a way you can get drunk at the same time, it'd be perfect. But it's just short of that. <laughs> so that's why I sort of mentioned for me. If we could, I mean, we could crack brewskis whilst doing it. It's just hard with a PSVR 2 on your head. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's so close to an actual in real life experience of mini golf. Other than you have no body and you can fly. But other than that, you're literally just playing mini golf. It's phenomenal. And the maps, the courses, there's so many to choose from. They're all brilliant. There's DLC all the time, and they sell them for like a pound seventy, so cheap. And you get that course, and there's also a hard mode of the course, and there's also quests you can do on the courses, which let you get brand new clubs to use. And they could be like gothic clubs. You could have a sword on the pirate map. It's awesome. The amount of work they put into this game, and they keep doing it. Ah, oh, I'm I'm so glad this is on your list. I'm, I really want to talk about this today. I adore Walkabout Mini Golf. Phenomenal game. Really, in my heart, game of the year. <laughs> in my heart. It's not quite there. 
Still quite there. In my heart, it is. My brain's telling me no, but my heart's telling me yes. Your body. Yeah. Your body's telling you yes. If, if you ask me what game do you want to play, the first thing I'd say is walkabout anymore. Yeah. 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 Easy. Easy. It's phenomenal. And it should be, I'm not going to lie, it's not a reason to get a PSVR 2, but Phil... It's a reason to get PSVR 2. He'd <laughs> love it. We'd have the sickest time. He'd love it so much. We'd have the best time. Audience, if you feel like uh, clubbing together and buying Mr. Philip Hoy a VR so we can experience mi- walkabout mini golf, just send your checks, send your blank checks into inpswetrust at gmail.com. Send them through somehow. And uh, I'll make sure they get to fill and not to buy me a new monitor. But Oh, Lewis, you got you got something you want to add? Well, if, if Phil doesn't want the VR headset, I'll have it. If 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 if, if he doesn't want it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> also, this is probably better okay. than Firewall, uh, I you're... imagine. <laughs> oh, yes. you're welcome to it, Lewis. It it can sit there and gather dust with your Xbox. <laughs> oh shit. shit! He's throwing fighting words. <laughs> okay, let's let's move it on from that. Let's move it on to our number fours. Spencer, we're back round to yourself. Shit, well, not gonna lie, we've already talked about my number four. My number four is Resident Evil 4. Ooh! Fits in the gap. Same name, same space. I mean, I adored it, like I've said, separate ways, VR mode, brilliant uh, kind of adaptation from the original, improved it in literally every single way. Capcom just don't miss, except, you know, (laughs) Exoprimal. But I didn't play that, so it can't be my worst game of 2023. It can be yours. So I hope they hear that later on so I can <laughs> shit on it even more. But until then, yeah, RE4, my fourth place. Nice. Lewis, over to yourself for your number four. So when I'm like playing my Xbox, which I play every single day, and, you know, blowing the dust off my <laughs> PlayStation, uh, <laughs> I'm playing a game called Hi-Fi Rush, which is absolutely incredible, and you guys are missing out on because it is awesome. I trollingly and maybe jokingly keep comparing it to God of War, uh, because it's a hack and slash game. But it's, me personally, I had more fun with it than God of War Ragnarok. I know it's, it's a controversial opinion. But uh, it's uh, one of my favourite games of this year, hence why it's my number four. And uh, it's just incredible. The art style, the characters, the world, the like everything about it is absolutely amazing. And the fact that Xbox just went, here you go, boom, shadow drop. We're just going to just re- announce it and release it on the same day is absolutely nuts and it's actually a very very good game as you were saying earlier about spider-man not winning any awards uh the the fact that hi-fi rush actually won an award at the game awards made me so happy because i was like that game really deserves some credit because i feel like because it came out in january it kind of got lost in the shuffle uh if you if you ever do pick up an xbox or if you have a decent pc check out uh hi-fi rush it's uh it's incredible. I, I I have a feeling that none of you guys have played it, though. I am, imagine. I haven't played it, however, really want to. And everything I've seen about it, I know I'd love it. But it's just one of those experiences that I haven't got to. So if Xbox keep going the way they've had, and they've had a great year this year, if they continue that momentum going into next year now, uh, into this year, sorry, into 2024, and we get a few more experiences that make it worth me buying the box, hey, that's something I'll get on the background. I would say I could just play it on PC Game Pass, but I'm not a PC nerd. And I don't know how to even switch it on to game mode. I don't know what you do. You don't. Control G. That's, that's to bring on the Xbox panel, right? Fuck no. Fuck off, PC. I'll eventually play it on Xbox when they release enough good games that, that, take, my, uh, that take my fancy. But we'll see what 2024 brings to the table. 
Phil, your number four, my friend. Okie doke. My number four. And I kind of hope this might feature on your list because you guys have played this game a, a lot more than me. But it features on my list, sort of coming in just over the expanse. And this game is Street Fighter VI. This came out, of course, the 2nd of June. And this is an ongoing game for myself. I dip in very sparingly these days. But it is one of those games that I hope to uh, return to once we get a bit more momentum. And maybe when you guys come around and we have that night out in Bristol, we can come back and have a few sets in the world of Street Fighter VI. Because I feel like a lot's changed since we uh, last played it. Now, Street Fighter VI, this is probably the most accessible Street Fighter game out there. The things that Capcom have implemented within Street Fighter 6 is very welcoming to newcomers. Okay, yes, if you jump into ranked, you're going to get crushed. But there's lots of systems in the game, which I appreciate, which I haven't fully taken advantage of, but I could see for newer players, this is this is an open arm from Capcom. They're saying, come, play in our open world. Come to our fighting hub. Learn about the world of Street Fighter. And I could imagine, I don't have the analytics in front of me. I don't have the numbers. But I'd imagine this is one of their most popular titles currently. All right. I think this is a big step forward for Street Fighter. And as I said, it's come in now at my number four. And I really want to just give it that little bit of shine. And it is a game that I do want to return to further down the line. Really well said. Street Fighter 6 does appear in my list somewhere. It is the best Street Fighter ever made, in my opinion. I think it's the best fighting game ever made as well. I'm going to still stand by that all this time later. It's my most played game on PlayStation 5 this year. Easy. Clocks way above everything else. And it's a game that I feel that my own determination with YouTube this year has got in the way of. If I was not focused on growing my YouTube channel this year, I would have fucking thousands of hours clocked up in this i know i would i'd be going to tournaments i'd be really it'd be taking over my life just the same way that smash bros did but i haven't let it i've kept it it's like you know when you get a really thirsty bird and you, and she's keen and you you pipe her she's good she's great even but you think if i keep her going she's gonna she's gonna baby trap me and i'm stuck with this for the rest of my life right I'm stuck with this bird who She's not the cleanest, she's not the best looking, but she sucks a good dick, right? I'd be stuck with that. And so I haven't let myself walk down that road with Street Fighter VI. And, and that is my analogy for it. So I adore it, I absolutely adore it. Won't let it get its hooks in me to the fullest extent that it could do. Damn. Well, I'll tell you what, as a shocker to everyone, it's on my list too. What a surprise. Again, won't say where. Cammy, baby. Mm. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Obviously, I'm not on a content grind or anything other than this podcast, but I've just not given it the time it deserves. It is still my most played game on the PS5, as it was for you, Davey. But it's, it's just perfect, man. Like you said, we said it at the time, just after we briefly played it. It's the best fighting game ever made. The best Street Fighter by far. It's perfect. It looks beautiful. Other than that one map, which I just can't stand because if you jump, it all bugs out. Other than that, it's literally just a perfect game. The roadmap's working fine. All the DLC's coming out appropriately. Patches, they're quick on the patches. Rashid was broken, fixed two days later. They are smashing it, Capcom. As soon as the tournaments are a bit better, took them a while to fix that. They're working now, but they're at terrible times. All that aside, all the mechanics in this game, the drive rushes, drive impacts, the parries, 
just the like the neutral and the funnies. Oh, it's it's the best fighting game ever. It has to feature on my list because I love fighting games. I'm sure same for you and Phil. It's just perfect. It's a perfect game. So it is on my list somewhere. Won't say where, but damn, what a game. It did not make my list, unfortunately, but it's because I bought it on PS5 to play it with you guys, and then you never played it with me. So, uh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh. Oh, Lewis, you're breaking my heart, dude. I played it with you. I played it with you when you got it early. I was literally like, your screen. Oh, yeah, you you watched me play it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was watching you play your world tour, mate. It's because you never boot up the PlayStation 5. You're never on, mate. That's true. (laughs) If you booted it, I may send you a message. It's true, it's covered in dust, to be fair. There you go. Says more about the hygiene of your room, I think, more than your PS5, (laughs) mate. But, you know, we'll we'll leave that there. We'll leave that there for the moment. Um, Okay, so we are back round to myself, and we are looking at my number four. Now, my top five this year, I got so many games that could make this top five. Honestly, honest to God. My list is ridiculous, and I've been debating this list now for about three weeks. reason why this episode's late going up is because I wanted to see if I could experience everything, and I just haven't been able to. My number four this year, and it saddens me to put this here because I think it should be higher, but I, I can't put it anywhere else, is Dead Space Remake. Ooh. Dead Space Remake coming in at my number four. Dead Space Remake is a perfect game. It's a 10 out of 10 experience. And every game I've got here above, I think the only reason why it's here is because it is such a faithful remake to Dead Space that I can't put it any higher. If that makes any sense. It does make sense. It's not inventive. It's not. No, it improves upon the original in every single way. Graphics better, better gameplay systems, deeper systems. It's an existing game. But, yeah. Yeah. And so I can't, I don't feel the games I've got higher up on the list do more with what they provide than Dead Space Remake is. And that's the only reason why it's in my number four. I, I, rant, I rated this at the time that it was a 10 out of 10. I stand by it. I think about it pretty much fucking daily. Yeah. I love it. I want to run it again. But it's just the fact of what it is by nature that holds it back from being higher on my list. And that's the only reason why I've put it there. Does it appear on anybody else's list? It doesn't make it on my list, but I wanted to say that it's the same thing with Metroid Prime for, uh, Remake. It's like, I thought that game was incredible, but because it was a remake, I didn't want to include it in my top five, even though that's a 10 out of 10 game as well, in my opinion, and a ma- masterpiece. So I get what you're saying completely. Uh, but no, I um, I need to play it. It's on my list. Uh, again, backlog. <laughs> Definitely need to play it, though. It looks awesome. It would make you shit your pants. Yeah, you can't play it. I don't think you should play it. Lewis. You shouldn't play it. No. You'd be too scary for you, mate. Honest to God. It's terrifying. Probably right. <laughs> I mean, I beat the second one, but yeah. Oh, fair play. If you beat the second one, yeah, you should be fine, I think. It's a bit more gory, because obviously it's a bit... It's higher graphics, higher fidelity. But if you've played the second one through, you're probably fine. Yeah. But it makes my list. Ooh. Shocker. I'm not going to say where, But as you've said, man, it's a perfect game. It's dead space. It's so sick. I can't really say much more than you have. It's just an improvement on the original in every way, which was already not a perfect game. Uh, tell you what, it's not a perfect game. Well, Only because there's a more perfect game, which is Dead Space 2. Yes. So that is it. 
Yeah. It can't be a perfect game because it is a better game, which is just the sequel of itself. But if, well, if they remake Dead Space 2, which I hope they do, that will be the perfect game if they do it to this caliber. But that aside, this game, oh, I think about it every, t- every damn day, every single day. I just bought a figure. I've got a little Isaac Clarke figure from Dead Space Remake in my corner, and he is beautiful holding his little oh, plasma cutter. Oh, I adore Dead Space. It makes my list. Won't say where, but fuck me. I can't wait to revisit it. I can't wait for whenever I can. Time. Yeah. Time. Long. So Dead Space doesn't actually make my list and it couldn't make my list because unfortunately I haven't played it yet. It is on my backlog and it is very high on that backlog because of the glowing reviews that I get from yourselves. And I've just checked it out on Amazon. It is in one of my wish lists and it's twenty seven ninety nine, so it is tempting me to the dark side. And I do feel like this game is for me. I do feel like this would be a good way of me jumping into this space because I've played none of the, the previous titles on the PS3. So it be great to sort of dive in to the best version of dead space on ps5 and experience it fresh and then maybe it, it would deserve a place on my list if i played it this year speaking of going to the dark side it is also available on game pass uh, so if you have game pass go check it out if you really want to play it 100 percent. if you got a chance to play it for free why not go for it why not go for it we're moving on up so we are at our number threes spence the rotation begins anew Let's on number three. We're getting up there now. Okay, so for my number three, and this actually really hurts my heart. Not my brain, it hurts my heart to put this here. Because I adore this game. So innovative, the way it works. We Were Here Forever (gasps) is my number three game. What a fantastic game. We Were Here Forever is a co-op puzzle game where you both play as two kind of stranded... uh, What are you? Explorers. Arctic Explorers, Arctic Explorers, yeah. And you just, you go to a castle and you just have to solve puzzles to get to the end. And the way it works, we've played all the We Were Here's at this point. I got you into the series. You did. Fuck, it's such a phenomenal series. And then this game was actually pushed by PlayStation. The trailer, the first trailer for We Were Here Forever was on the PlayStation YouTube account. I'm not sure if they really helped them with the game. I don't think they did. But there was a bit of a partnership going on there. And this is the first one to have that kind of, it does, it's not a AAA game. But it has the AAA polish. Kind of. Kind of. But it's just it. The story is finally up to par with the puzzles. I think in this game. With the cutscenes. The way they work. The puzzles are the main thing. And this is the best puzzles we've ever had in this game. And it's just just phenomenal. And it's actually like. The ending is always sad. The ending is always devastated. And it's always like. Oh. I, I tell you what i always think about in this game there's a puzzle where you're under the water and there's a creature that's speaking to you right in this weird language and you've got to try and only one person can hear this creature and so the other person's got to be able to phonetically say what he's saying so the other person can match it to symbols and it's like the hardest thing ever, ever. to do so the creature's like ooh, uh, ooh, and you're like okay is that a ooh? Or was that ooh? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, actually, it was a bit more like ooh. And he's like, oh, more like, oh, Rrr. ooh? That, hold on, that's different from ooh. Like, <laughs> that's a different symbol. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> hold on, hold on. And it's just, it's that for like eight hours. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's excellent. Honestly, excellent. Unfortunately, it didn't make my list this year. Damn, did it, it not? It didn't. And it's, it's a HM for me. 
um a truly amazing experience and as you said the best they've done so far and if this is what if this is what they've done now we got the friendship obviously which came out this year as well expeditions yeah so we got more of that content to come if this is the benchmark now if we were here forever they've got a hard bar to pass because this was this was truly well, special. well we've played expeditions and expeditions had I, I would say some even better puzzles great it just needed the length and it? It, it was like two hours long yes yeah. the issue of expeditions but that's a three-part series i think they're doing or maybe even more so yeah if this is the level just oh, keep wait. doing everyone play we were here i've said it so many times on this show play we were here they are such a phenomenal series and honestly it's just like a little group of devs working on these games and they are smashing it every time so fucking good i wish i could put this my number one damn but yeah, phenomenal game. Honestly, everyone play it. I don't think either of you have tried the series of games, have you? Uh, no, I haven't, unfortunately. But it sounds interesting. I'll have to, uh, what was it called again? Just so I can look it up. We were here, mate. We were here. We were here. I'll definitely have a look into it because I love a good puzzle game. So I will check it out if I get a chance. I'll add it to the backlog. <laughs> I haven't either. Um, but I did download the free version of it on my Steam Deck. So I am looking for that companion, Lewis. So uh, if you do want to jump on uh, Steam and, and play through one of those games, maybe we can link up. Look at this. Making friendships lovely. across the pond, isn't it? PC to Xbox. Oh, that's lovely. That's the olive it? branch. It is. After yeah, my is, uh, yeah. comment earlier. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Lewis, let's move it on to yourself. Let's get your number three. Right, so if anyone's a, a fan of X Marks the Box and they've listened to my top five games of the year, they will have noticed that my number five is no, was not Resident Evil 4, it was something else. Uh, that game was shot right up my list and it is now my number three. It is Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, brilliant game. I can see why it won Game of the Year and the Game Awards. Uh, it's phenomenal. I don't really like these type of games normally, CRPGs as they call them, uh, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, well, I haven't finished it yet, but from what I've played, I've really enjoyed it. I've been playing it ever since the Game Awards came out. I like all the characters. I think the writing's phenomenal. I like. I think the plot's great. Uh, I think the mechanics they've, they've implemented is fantastic. If you're into D&D &D at all, it's like a good... like. Or if you're interested in getting into D and D, it's like a like gateway and like shows you how the D and D like world works because it's very like D and D style. But yeah, I could see why it's won all the game awards. It possibly could be even higher on my list if I played it a bit more. But at the moment, it's it's gone from my number five to my number three within like a matter of two weeks because I I'm loving it at the moment. It's really fun. So uh, I don't think any of you guys have really well. Spencer, you said you played a little bit. Like, what, what, uh, did it make it to any of your lists at all? Or? Uh, it hasn't made my list. I can see it, obviously, if I obviously put more time into it. I'd only played it for like that two or three hours. And as you said, it's exceptional. It's really good. The ingenuity, the creativeness of this game. You can really go about everything in so many different ways and just hope for the best with your dice. But it's, it's just really, it is really something special. And if I had put the time into it, I think it would make my list. But kind of similar to Dead Space with Phil, as I haven't, it's just not there for me, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. It, this this year, there's too many good great, good games, too many great games, and I'm hoping that in our HMs or anything like that, that we can start putting a bit of shine on some of these because uh, too many to count. Baldur's Gate definitely on my list to play. I know I'll enjoy it. It's a game that I definitely will enjoy. Time is the mistress that just keeps on cracking that whip. 
and I do not have enough time for it. So I'm just saying, please, baby, no more whips. No more. I can't take it anymore. Using my safe words and moving on up. So, Phil, let's move it on to yourself. Let's get your number three. I haven't actually played Baldur's Gate either. You never asked me. <laughs> oh, I, I knew. I knew. Definitely not your kind of the game, second mate. second time. Just, what do you mean? Definitely not your kind of game. I can't see. Uh, maybe, I can't... maybe if you ask me, you'd know. <laughs> have, have you played it? Surprise, surprise, I haven't played this game, and that's why it doesn't make my list. But it doesn't win video game awards, and the vast majority of the video game awards, without being a stellar experience. And that's why I would like to get it on my Steam Deck, because I do want to play this game. So, mm. Oh, I would, <laughs> I would like to... oh okay, yeah. fair enough. I'm playing it on Xbox, but I would recommend probably playing it on PC, because the controllers are a bit clunky when it comes to like playing on a controller. So I imagine Steam... Well, PC or Steam Deck would probably be the best way of playing it, to be perfectly honest. So, uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, after that snafu where I forgot to to ask Phil, Phil, can I take your number three, please? Lewis has been on the podcast five minutes and he's already jumped above me. <laughs> this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good, guys. This doesn't feel good. He's gone for a week, in he, Spence? He's gone he's for gone. a week. We just kind of forget then. We just kind of forget. Sorry, Daddy. Oh, here we go. Ooh. <laughs> no pocket money for you boys <laughs> my number three and again i don't think it's a game that any of you boys would have played because it is a game that relates a lot to me it's a game series that i have loved and i've played every single one of these games and we are talking about armored core six fires rubicon i was only talking about it earlier it's a stellar experience and this game has just got better and better and better i have loved seeing it come back and it's come back in a big way this is the highest selling entry in the series now it's no surprise to me that it is because again it is the most accessible version of armored core armored core as i talked about earlier it's a lot like diving into an excel document where you work out x y and z now there is some of that within this game but it very much holds your hands compared to previous games where you would just be completely lost and you wouldn't know what to do i think in this one it does help you so i appreciate that help because i need that help at the moment because as i spoke about earlier those bosses a kick in my ass but that has come in a minor Number three i haven't downgraded it because it is a super hard game this is a challenging game and i will complete it so maybe when we talk about game of the year next year i can tell everybody i've spent all that year learning about all these bosses and i have finally completed armor core 6 it takes me a long time to complete games um but yeah this one for me comes in at number three i don't know if any of you have actually played this game i know you guys in the middle you do love a from soft game i've played it a little bit i've already not played it much but i've only played it for like an hour or so but I, it was it was good from what I played. It's, it's, it's again too many great games this year. I need to play it more. Uh, I will get back to it. I, I promise. <laughs> I played it a little bit. And I, I enjoyed from what I what I played of it. I'm going to say the same thing I've said all year. This game's for virgins and nerds, and I refuse to play it. <laughs> Armor Core's always been shit, and even if this one people say it bangs now, I don't believe you. I don't believe. I think that people are so far up from Soft's ass, myself included. But I've come from the other side where I saw what FromSoft used to do with Armored Core. And I guarantee you, it ain't for me. I know it I know it isn't for me. I know it 100%. In my, in my blood, my bow marrow is screaming at me saying, no, no. If you cross this path, the next thing you're doing is watching some more Gundam bollocks. And I just, I refuse to cross that line, Phil. I refuse to do it, mate. 
I feel as if I'm being targeted here. You've locked on <laughs> and you're pressing the shoulder buttons as you blast me. And it hurts, mate. It hurts. I'm taking all this very personally. But let me come back to you. Let me try and convince you that Armored Core is for you because you are a FromSofter. And FromSoft, they are famous for a few things within video games. Story, atmosphere, level design, and those crushing bosses. Now, three out of those four, it definitely has. Level design, it definitely does not have because they're mainly just big open arenas, which are kind of a little shoddy. They're pretty much just PS2 levels, but everything else is on that higher echelon. I promise you, if you do get to experience one of those bosses, or even if you just YouTube one of them, because I need some help at the moment, maybe you can give me some points on how to defeat FromSoft bosses. I promise you, they are on that higher echelon. I'll take it into consideration. Spence, I don't know if, if you've got any thoughts on this. I mean, I, I tell you what, I like mechs and shit. I mean, I've, oh. I've got a Gurren Lagan tattoo, which is all about mechs. He's fucking kept this quiet, hasn't he? But He's kept this quiet for 82 fucking episodes next, of the podcast. I've had a tattoo of a Next thing he'd be show. telling us, he's going to play Space Marine 2. <laughs> I've, I've, when it comes out, we'll see. Don't believe but in I've had yourself. A mech believe since in the, I was 16. Be the believer in you, Spence. Damn straight, Lewis. Damn straight. Quote yeah. from Gurren Lagen. Thank Great you, mate. Appreciate that. Great but fucking show. The reason... It's a phenomenal show. It's on ITV. It's mad. The reason I haven't played Armored Core is not because it's a game for virgins, because I don't think it is. <laughs> the reason I haven't played is because I have two friends that keep telling me to play this game, and they play the wettest games. I refuse. Every single game they play, I'm like, I fucking hate that game. So it's just to the point where any recommendation from them, I know to avoid. So I'm steering clear. I love FromSoft, adore them, but I'll play their more, you know, I'll play their good games. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll steer clear from the court. It's just this whole flying about mech game. I like mech anime. I'm not a fan of mech. Actually, I like one mech anime. That's it. I'm not a big fan of, I haven't seen Evangelion, but I bet it's great. It's good. Yeah. It's good. I'm sure it's great. I've got two Evangelion tops. I've never seen the show, but I'm, Maybe one day when I'm, you know, my virginity grows back. 2031. 2031 <laughs> is the year. Fires of Rubicon. It's 2031. But for now, yeah, nah, I'm steering clear. There's so many big games. I just can't. I don't have the time. But I am, honestly, I'm glad to see it on your list, Phil. And I think it's a big game and it deserves the praise. My number three, guys, is a game that we've already spoken about. It is Street Fighter Six coming in at my number three. I've already splurge my load all over this i don't think it's too much more to say best fighting game ever made 100 percent. only reason it's not higher is because it is just a fighting game and it's the same way i, t I talk about puzzles before in the past you, you can only do so much right i'm not in street fighter for the story that fucking world tour mode is shit as far as i'm concerned fucking total waste of my time i'm in there for ranked i'm in there for the lab i'm in there for casual games and that's what fighting game is they've delivered that Comes in at my number three. Amazing, amazing game. Anyone got any final thoughts on Street Fighter or are we happy to move on? Ah, uh, move on. Coming in then for our number twos, baby. Really get out there. Spence, back round to you. Sound. I'm glad we moved on. So my number two is Street Fighter 6. <laughs> <laughs> I, what a perfect game. The best fighting game ever made. I could talk about this all day. I'm glad we moved it on, man. What a sick <laughs> game. Cammy looking fire. The costumes they keep bringing out. Oh, you just get better and better every time i mean we've seen one set of costumes but they are great great i can't wait to see the next we saw mecha ryu granted different game but i'm sure he's gonna come in 
I, Street Fighter 6 is phenomenal. We've just got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles added in as your avatar if you want for some reason. There's a lot there. But as Davey said, World Tour's gash. Spin it off. Unless you're a casual player and you enjoy that, fair enough. It's all about the casual game for your boys and a few points. And that's what I'm trying to get. So Street Fighter 6, number two, easy. Honestly, it was in contention for my number one. Oh, wow. It's, it's a perfect game. Yeah. It's a perfect fighting game. It's just, if, if the tournaments happened all day and you could just enter and once it was full, it started. Brilliant. But this tournament system it has lets it down a little bit. But ultimately, the way the gameplay functions, it's just a perfect fighting game. It's just, there's just one game that came ahead and that is it. Ooh. Well, Lewis, over to your number two. Oh, this is going to be fun. This is the greatest 7 out of 10 of all time. Starfield, baby! Xbox! Yeah! No, but seriously, I love this game. I, I've played so many fucking hours into this game. I don't care that there's a load of haters online. Uh, I don't understand why well, I guess all this hate, because I think it's a really fucking great game. And I love it. Uh, I did give it a 10 out of 10 initially. And I know you guys always picked, you picked up on that. But I have reduced it down to a 9 out of 10. Because I did have one game breaking bug. That completely annoyed me. But apart from that. Been great. Uh, love the side quests. Love the companions. Love the world. Love building ships. Just everything about it. I just adore it. I get, As I said earlier on in the podcast. I'm a sci-fi nut. I prefer science fiction to like fantasy. So this is like, like you know, I loved Skyrim, but this is like more for me. This is like sci-fi Skyrim, which I'm totally cool with. Yeah, we, we've talked a lot about Starfield on this podcast, even though it is a exclusive sort of Xbox and uh, PC game. And I don't, I don't want to continue that that narrative. Okay, I, I want to twist that around. We've got you on the show for a reason. So this is your platform. Okay, I've not heard any of the rumors. I've not heard any of the. The bad stuff that's going on on Twitter. I've not heard any of 7 out of 10s. I don't read IGN. Sell me Starfield. I'm walking into that shop. What is this game? Describe it for me, Lewis. Right, Sell okay. me it. Tell me the highs. That's all I want to know. It is Make me buy most, it. Okay. It is one of the most ambitious games ever made. It might not hit those targets, but it is extremely ambitious. It is trying to... I. It is... If you love storytelling, it's got a great main plot, main story. The cast is brilliant. The side—I love all the like, ca- like the side characters you could have, and all the companions you could have. Uh, like an a an Niger. I can never pronounce her bloody name. She's fantastic. <laughs> she's she's my companion in there. But even Barrett and Samco are really good as well. And I'm tempted to go gay for those guys because they're great. Um, <laughs> I love space. I love, like building spaceships in that game is fat. It's just fun. I could spend hours just building spaceships. Uh, I like I for someone who loves like Death Stranding and stuff. You guys, uh, I love the the barren lands of just exploring like an open wasteland. I think that's just so much. I enjoy that. I kind of find it kind of zen. And I, it chills me out. And I love just finding a random planet and just exploring it and finding all the like the fauna and like all the like plants and all the uh, like animals and stuff. And I just love that. And I just think it's a brilliant game, honestly. I think if it came out any other year, this would be my number one with like, uh, like without a doubt. I absolutely love it. And it makes me sad that it's kind of like a toxic thing in, in the community to 
Well, just in general, we see the word Starfield, and you're gonna get a load of either hate or hate me, hate comments or like positive comments. Like no matter what, it's just it's very polarizing, and it kind of makes me upset because wow. I think it's a great game. Honestly. Well, this was your chance to silence the haters, and I think you did a very good job. Well said, Lewis. I think you've just made another sale. Oh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I love it personally, and uh, yeah, it's my number two. So. Anyone else played it or even... Fuck no. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it had a different name, but I loved it back uh 2011, I think. <laughs> yes. It came out. Skyrim. Skyrim, yeah. Skyrim, yeah. yeah 11th yeah. of November, 2011, I first played it. Oh, Brilliant game. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis, <laughs> you know what you say about it being uh, like it tearing people apart when they talk about it. Imagine us when we get you on and you badmouth The Last of Us Part 2 every single time. <laughs> this is your... I was about to say, you're part of the polarizing party, mate, with PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. you reap what you sow. Yes, oh. you do. You talk all that shit about oh. Ellie and Abby and then it's coming back to bite you in the ass with Space Skyrim. <laughs> but I'm glad that it made your number two. I know that you, you really enjoyed it and there are a uh, very uh, vocal part of the playbase that did enjoy it. So happy for you guys. I have not played it. Um, mainly because it's just been a stacked year. There's too many great games that have demanded my attention and I haven't been able to fit them all in. And there's games that will come up in my HMs, which are part of that problem. So that is why it, I have not played it. And, and that's really the only reason. Phil, let's move it on to your number two. Well, this is a simple one for me because I've already said it. This is the one that I didn't mention. Uh, this is Resident Evil 4 comes in at my number two. It was a bit of a coin flip kind of situation between Spider-Man 2 and RE4 for that top spot. But I think maybe recency bias did bring that Spider-Man 2 up to that top uh, spot. And of course, I did get the platinum in that game. I'm yet to achieve the platinum in, in Resident Evil 4. But we've said everything. We've given it a glowing review. It is a spectacular game. DLC is incredible. So that comes in at my number two to round out my full Top five of 2023. Lovely list. Lovely. My number two, Resident Evil 4. Hey. Coming in super, super high. I mean, what more is it to say? We've we've absolutely gone over it to death. Really well done, Capcom. You've absolutely killed it this year. Great job. And now, with that, we move on to the top spots. We already know Phil's top spot, but the rest of them are all up in the air. What could they possibly be? Spencer. Lay on your best game of 2023. Well, keen listeners will know because we've already talked about it and you should be grateful for this. My number one game of the year is Dead Space Remake. Oh, nice. Just because it's the only game where every damn day I can't stop thinking about it. And I lent it to my friend and friend of the show, Joseph Thomas. And as soon as I lent it to him, I've regretted it. So I've been like, I want to play it again. I want to play it again. There's so many games to play, and I want to fuck them all off and just keep playing Dead Space. It is a perfect game. The only game that will ever exceed it is Dead Space 2. At least for a game of the year anyway. It's, not, it's, it's probably in my top five games of all time, but I don't know where yet. I haven't thought about it. But it's just a phenomenal experience. It's kind of like gut-wrenching, some of the scenes. Especially mm. that, you know, that one scene, you know, the one, bang. Oh, so sick. It's just the access in the game as well. The fact that if you are a bit scared, like we said to you, Lewis, you shouldn't play it if you're scared. It's got a gore filter. So like okay. there's some scenes that are like Ooh. really disgusting to look at. You can censor them so that they'll still happen, 
but there's kind of like a screen over it so it's just not as scary spooky not as you know visceral yeah not as visceral because this is a vis there's a gun that if you don't know blows the skin off of fucking necromorphs blows the skin shoot him again blows the muscle off of oh it's so sick it's just it's an awesome game a brilliant survival horror and a game that I honestly thought we would never see again. Mm, I mean, so the fact that it's returned and returned to this scale, it has to be my number one. I was deliberating a little bit, but honestly, not a lot. <laughs> it's just it's an amazing game. But we've talked about it already, so I won't talk about it too much more. It's just oh, my number one, and it's not really up for contention. Yeah, I think if I've gone with just when I look back over this generation when we cross this generation, what games will I be putting it in, in like a top five? It will, it will hit out there. Yeah. It definitely will. Because it, it should, it, as you said, it's perfect. Yeah. It's fucking perfect. My own rules have held it back this year. But own uh, moral. My own moral. My own moral code. Cool. What a great game. Lewis, let's bring it on to your number one. Ooh, wow. Okay, so this is a game that no one's mentioned so far. It is a game that is not on PlayStation. Is not on Xbox. It's even not on on PC. It is my favorite game of all time, and that is The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. I know you guys weren't really fans of uh, Breath of the Wild, but Tears of the Kingdom basically gets Breath of the Wild and makes it a completely inferior game and makes it obsolete because it improves on it in every single way. Um, I absolutely adore this game, and I I love it so much. And just building vehicles and exploring the world and going into the depths and into the higher grounds and just, just everything about it is just brilliant. I fucking love it. I'm upset because I kind of done everything in it and I got nothing else to do with it. I want to play more of it. There's no new game plus and there's no like DLC planned, which bums me out, but that game is so fucking good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if, I, I don't think it's going to be on anyone else's, well, it's not going to be on anyone else's list because I already kind of know uh, well, maybe. I don't know. Uh, anyone else played it? Yes. So I, I put about 30-odd hours into it, and I adore it. I remember when, when I spoke about it, when I came back from my cruise, right, where I took it away and played it, and I said 10 out of 10. Easy 10 out of 10. I, I loved it. I, As you said, I didn't enjoy Breath of the Wild. I thought Breath of the Wild was actually pretty shit. Uh, I thought it was way overrated. Uh, I didn't think it really did anything too revolutionary. I don't see why everyone was, like, sucking it off. I, I honestly just did not get it. I thought that Horizon was a much better game that same year when it came out, which I know is like a really divisive opinion. But I think the Horizon had a lot more originality put into it than Breath of the Wild did. Anywho, I played Zelda this year. And for those 30 hours, I could not stop playing it. I adored it. It does not make my top five. And the only reason why is that since I got home from holiday, I haven't picked the Switch back up to play it. I don't know why that is. I, I, I love it. And every now and again, it comes to my mind, I think, oh, I should really finish that game. But because I haven't had the drive to do it, I haven't put it in my top five, because every other game I've got on here, I want to play more, and I have actively gone back and played more of. And Zelda has not done that. It's sat in my son's Switch, in fact, it's actually just back in the case we're playing Mario Odyssey right now. Um, and Mario, whatever the new one is. Wonder. Wonder. Wonder we're playing that at the moment. That's fine. Yeah, it doesn't quite make it for me. Absolutely stellar game. And I'm glad it got into your 
top five and made your number one. Great choice. I'll tell you what, I have something to say about Tears of the Kingdom. Go on. Uh, I played a little bit of Tears of the Kingdom, only about three hours, and I put it away, thought, oh, it's just Breath of the Wild, with creativity. And I fucking hate creativity in video games. I've said it before. <laughs> I, I'm not... I like linear games. I like, being, I like someone saying, do this, and I'll say, okay, I'll do it. But that being said, I then sold my Switch. I still have my copy of Tears of the Kingdom, but I sold my Switch, so I cannot play it anymore. And I was gutted because I love watching speedruns of Breath of the Wild. So I watched a full playthrough of Tears of the Kingdom so I could then watch the speedrun videos. I was a fucking idiot selling my Switch because as soon as I watched a playthrough of Tears of the Kingdom, I thought, fuck, I have missed out on a masterpiece. Tears of the Kingdom, if you had finished it, would probably be number one on your list. I think it probably would be. I think Everything it I've be. seen, it is beautiful. The gameplay is amazing. The uh -huh. story is perfect. It is a phenomenal game. And honestly, after I watched it, I thought about buying a Switch to play it. Wow. It's that fucking good. It really is. It, it really is. It's, it's insane. It's insanely good. I just wish I had the drive to play it. Yeah. And I don't. If you, mate, play the game. Because when I said that, I got emotional. You did. I could feel it. Yeah. You got, Bro. got, you got a little bit erect though at the same time no i got a bit teary-eyed bro oh yeah the games it's 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 in my honorable mentions i played three hours of the game it's in my honorable mentions because of that playthrough it is phenomenal really is really is lewis did you make a, a big nazi bomber or did or did you not because that's one of the first <laughs> things i tried to make no, I made I made the hop, uh, the green goblins like hobgoblin like glider that everyone's been making. You oh, get like two, nice. two fans and a platform, and you just fly around with that. God, that game is so fucking good. I was gonna say, like, say about my you? top three game, like basically only the to the top three games this year. I are, like the games that I like. I've literally played like can't stop thinking about. I played till like six o'clock in the morning. Uh, this is like one of those games that I I adore and like I will. As I said, it's my favorite game of all time already, which is kind of crazy to say. I, I after playing it for like literally like four or five hours, I'm like, "Yep, this is my favorite game of all time," <laughs> and there's no way that anything's gonna beat it this year. And uh, I was right because <laughs> definitely did. When when you know, you know, don't you? When you jump into an experience and it just jumps to the top of your list and your all-time list you just know that instant when you're in there because i had the same kind of revelation when i was playing death stranding that this was gonna be my game of the year and my game of forever up until this point but i do think with with zelda unfortunately i i haven't played it that's that's my admission and i haven't played a zelda game since link to the past zelda kind of got inherited wow. to my brother while we were growing up and he played like ocarina and wim waker and those games and i was always more of a spectator in the zelda days so and unfortunately i haven't played it but it sounds like i'm missing out on a, a stellar experience and uh, it would be one maybe that uh i could actually uh, buy that game off you spence if you got that spare Ooh. game going because i still have a switch you can mate. yeah I maybe we'll it. talk after the show we'll talk after the show <laughs> moving on from that one then phil we've already got your number one so we can move straight on past spidey 2 and we can end on my number one and my number one should be no surprise to any listener because i banged on about it so fucking much this year it's final fantasy 16 coming in at my number one if you like shonen anime play final fantasy 16 if you like an action game that's like 
kind of Devil May Cry-ish combat with over-the-top stuff all the time, play Final Fantasy 16. If you like an enjoyable little cast of characters that follow you for an entire journey that you will just come to fucking adore, play Final Fantasy 16. It's not like any other Final Fantasy game ever. If you don't like Final Fantasy, you'll probably like Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> That's about as much as I can say about it. It's fucking insane. The stuff that I've seen from this game this year blows any other spectacle I've ever seen for any other game ever in my entire life. There's moments in this that are higher heights than anything I've ever seen. Unfortunately, what takes it down a notch from being up there with the likes of, say, God of War Ragnarok or Metal Gear Solid or anything like that, the side quest content fucking sucks. It's awful. And some of the main quests just aren't that interesting. But the ones that hit get every single arm here on your body standing up on end and it easily had the highest heights of any game I've played this year. Stayed with me all the time. Can't wait for Leviathan. Spoke about the game earlier on. Easy my top one. No point in handing it to the rest of you guys. I know how you all feel about it. And Lewis, you've got it on download now. So you can share some of that goodness with me. I will play it later. I'll, I will let well you know done. what I think of it after I've played it. I'll, pl- I'll let you know. <laughs> well done. And so that rounds out our top five. So what we're going to do is now, through the power of editing, we should go away and collate the scores and we will come back with our game of the year as well as our final pieces before we end the show. So we have crunched the numbers or more accurately, Mr. Philip Hoy, Daddy Phil over there, has cranked the numbers out. He's put them into the number generator and we have our list for the best game. So the way we're going to do this is I'll go through the point values. It's coming in at last place, but still really well done to even get into this list at all. With one point, we've got a joint with Expanse and Mini Golf VR. Coming with two points, Hi-Fi Rush. Three points, we got joint scores here between We Were Here, Baldur's Gate, and Armored Core. Four points, coming in with Starfield. Five points, Zelda and FF16. Coming in six points, Spider-Man 2. Seven points, Dead Space Remake. Nine points, Street Fighter 6, and then ending and getting our game of the year, Resident Evil 4. So Capcom securing the top two spots of our list. No real surprises there, lads, is there? (laughs) (laughs) Really well done. Come on, round of applause, guys. Capcom. If we trust guys having a Capcom game in number one, who would have ever thought? (laughs) Well, number one and two. One and two. We're not biased. Resident Evil 4, the game series that cannot be mentioned, steals it for another game of the year. Seems to be whenever they release a Resident Evil, seems to be up there in contention. And this year is no exception. Resident Evil 4, truly exceptional game. Really, really well done. Audience, for your top fives of the year, let us know. Write into the email, psvtrust at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts and feelings about 2023. Love to hear from you. But that is not it, guys. We've got a couple of final things, and we're not going to spend too long on these, hopefully. But let's see what you got. HM-wise, I'm going to limit it to two, max. And don't go for ages on these. I'm just going to whip out my top two HMs. I'm going to kick the way so you can see how quick we're going to go through this. Two HMs for you. Alan Wake 2. The reason why it is not on my list in any way, shape, or form is because I'm only six hours into the experience. The game is fucking phenomenal. I adore it. I hate Alan Wake 1. 
Alan Week 2 is seriously fucking impressive. If I played more of this game, I could see it actually maybe taking my number one or potentially number two slot. I fucking adore it. It nails it. Haven't played enough. Second, HM on this list. I'm going to give it to Spider-Man 2. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to give it to Spider-Man 2. It's great. Just not quite enough to make it into my top five. And that is my HMs. Any HMs for yourself, Spence? Uh, I've talked about two of them already in this list, but I will. there was one other. And we've talked about it already, I suppose. Alan Wake 2, which, same for yourself, so far, one of the best survival horror experiences I've ever played. But I'm only eight hours in, which usually would be enough time. But with this, it's not. I mean, it, it is. The way this game's going, if it keeps this up by the time I finish it, it would be my number one. It probably would. Because it's a new experience and it's on the same level of quality as Dead Space. If not, maybe further. Because that one chapter you've just done. Mm. Man, it's nuts. Alan Wake 2 would probably sweep this list if I'd actually finished the game. But I just haven't got there yet. I was really trying to get it done before this. But the time just wasn't there. I've been so busy. So it is an honorable mention. But... Don't be surprised if I very quickly revise this list by next episode and that game suddenly appears in the number one or two spot, similar to yourself. It happened with Guardians before, yeah. where it would have made our lists and bumped off a few things, so it can happen again. We'll wait and see. 20, 24 hours to be able to complete that game, apparently. Yeah. Long. So we'll wait and see over the coming weeks where we go from there. That's mine and Spence done. Phil, over to yourself. Any HMs? So my honourable mention, I'm only going to give you the single one because we haven't got a lot of time. This game came out at the beginning of the year and unfortunately just missed the mark on a couple of minor points, which actually turned into quite a big point by the time we finished the game. I'm talking, of course, about Atomic Heart. This was such a mad concept of a game. It was a mixture of about four or five games that I absolutely loved. And I think if they just spent a little bit more time, a little bit more polish, they would have had something super special here and it would easily broken into my top five i love the world that they created those testing grounds are very portal-esque absolutely spectacular experience within that area but it wasn't the best execution of the whole game and boy that ending just killed it but to end on a positive note they are releasing dlc i believe they've already had one and they've got another one coming really really soon i believe next year could be worth a revisit really well said great little honorable mention there Lewis, for yourself. Yeah, uh, I mentioned it earlier a little bit, but uh, Metro Prime Remastered. I definitely wanted to give that a shout out. Uh, it was I gave it a 10 out of 10 on our channel, but I didn't count it as in my top five because it is just a remaster of a GameCube game, really. But God, it holds up so fucking well. That game is incredible. If you haven't played it and you have a Switch, check it out. It is one of the best looking games on Switch, which is... Not really saying much, but it's still good. Um, and then <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Spider-Man 2 as well, because it is my favorite PlayStation game that I own. It's my favorite PlayStation exclusives. I really liked it. I thought it was a load of fun. It just didn't quite make my list, unfortunately. But still, great game. I just wanted to say that, because I, I think the Mary Jane hate kind of maybe made it look like I'm not a fan of it, but I actually did adore this game. just didn't quite make my list. So there you go. There you go. That's our HM's done. So... On the same line of keeping it nice and brief, unless you do want to go off, in which case we can do, but it is getting quite late. Our most anticipated game of 2024. Just one. 
please. Oh, it just just one. one. Yeah, I'm going to really be strict with this. I think that we can talk about so many different games here, but I want to hear your most anticipated game. I'm going to bring it up to you first. Fucker. All right. I, um, I think yours is the same, but I'm just going to go with it anyway. There's like so many games in contention for this, literally all within the first quarter of 2024. But the one I'm going to go with is the one I've been saying for the last however many months on the show. Helldivers 2. Fuck me. I cannot wait for a fucking cup of liberty with you boys. It's going to be phenomenal. I think that's the kind of game that when it releases, we will not put it down. And I am all for we it. We actually play that oh. movie if I get it. I'd like to <laughs> yes. yes, mate. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, of course we will. The more the merrier in Helldivers. The more the merrier. Yeah, we're going to need help, mate. Lewis, what is your most anticipated game of 2024? Well, it is an Xbox game, so I'm going to try to be brief. It is Avowed. Uh, it looks fucking great. Ooh, it's, nice. uh, the people who made Fallout New Vegas making their own version of Elder Scrolls, essentially. And Obsidian is like Xbox's equivalent to uh, like Insomniac. They never miss Obsidian. They've already made fucking quality games. And I, you know, I'm going mainly off the pedigree because I haven't seen that much of it. But as I said, they they, they essentially Fallout New Vegas, but Skyrim. I mean, I'm in. Let's go. I mean, I'm very excited for that. And that is my uh, most anticipated game. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing some more of it, and uh, and hopefully it delivers, and that and that's the big thing that we can all hope for with our most anticipated game. What about yourself, Mister Hoy? Where are you going for with this? Well, it's pretty obvious where I should be going with this, but after some recent quickity quick quick news, it looks like DS2 is being pushed back to 2025 because, according to one of the game artists, they were working on an online portfolio and they list Death Stranding 2 as being pushed to 2025. So, sad face all around if that is to be believed. And if it is, my most anticipated game changes, and that, of course, now becomes Prince of Persia The Lost Crown. I am a oh, massive wow. fan of the Prince of Persia series. This game looks absolutely spectacular. It's coming out on the 15th of January, um, so directly after uh, Helldivers 2. So that might be the game that I flip-flop around. It is a Ubisoft game. Now, I don't play a lot of Ubisoft games, but Prince of Persia, man. Prince of Persia. And I've got some even quickity-quick-quick news for you with this one, because this is almost like breaking news. They have just said that they are now supporting 4K at 120 FPS on PS5 and Xbox Series X, which is quite a rarity. And that new TV that I bought this year is going to sing when I get to play Prince of Persia in January. Cannot wait, boys! And the good thing for it is that you've got a whole month of that before Helldivers. Helldivers is Feb. So you got a month release, thank God. And I, I'm right there with you. I cannot wait for this. January 15th is between that and The Last of Us 2. Which one am I going to run through? And that, that's the issue because they were around about the same time. So it's like, oh, it's going to kill me. But I'm thinking Prince of Persia is definitely going to be high up in that list. I, I've got to play it. I can't fucking wait to play it. It looks so sick. Great fucking choice. For me, I've been stuck on this. I'm going to keep it brief. My head is telling me Helldivers. But after we spoke about it last episode, it's Dragon Ball fucking Sparking Zero, boys. Oh, that is my most anticipated game of 2024. I cannot fucking wait. After we spoke about it, I finished that episode. We, we ended it. I was just sitting there and I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, I can't fucking wait. I can't fucking wait. Easy, my most anticipated. I'm going to pop the second that comes through. 
I'm going to cry, I think. I think I'll cry. <sighs> Honestly, I think I will. I think I'll have a tear go down my eyes. Can't fucking wait. Easy, most anticipated game. Helldivers, very fucking close. Yeah. Very close. Both going to be sick year. 2024 is going to be absolutely amazing. Super, super hype. But this podcast is all about punching down on the little people. The games and the people that we fucking hate, we don't take any stops. We stomp the mud hole into them. And this is where we're going to end our show on a negative note. What is the worst game that you played in 2023? Let's put some fucking dirt in their eyes. What is the worst? Spence, going to pass it over to you. Okay, now the issue with me, I haven't actually played many full games that are bad. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't have to be a full game. But I've I dipped my toes in the foam stars. It was fine. Didn't try out Exo Primal with you boys, so that I can't say that either. <laughs> Even though I know it's gash and I said it would be. But one game I did try. Uh my girlfriend has a nephew and they bought him for Christmas the new Avatar the Last Airbender game. What the which fuck was made by the same company who made that uh the Kong game. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. It's like a full price PS5 game. He's like, I can't get past this. Can you do it for me? The reason you can't get past it is because the boss is invincible. <laughs> and if you attack it, it immediately hits you. It's unbeatable. <laughs> what you have to do is wait for a very brief, maybe like 10 frame window and throw an arranged attack at it. That's all you can do. And it has like 10,000 health. It took me 40 minutes. Sounds like a FromSoft game. No, mate. It's... Because I'm having exactly the same problems in Armored Core, mate. <laughs> I'll tell you, FromSoft's just hard. This is awful game design. It's been put up as one of the three. That studio has made three games this year, and all three of them have a below 40 meta score. <laughs> all three of them are the biggest pile of hot shit this year, and I've played it, and it's fucking garbage. And that's, that's just a game I'm going to have to say because I couldn't believe I was playing it. I was telling her nephew, who's like maybe six, how shit the game was as I was doing it for him. <laughs> I was like, they bought you this. Your parents don't love you, mate. They don't. I couldn't believe it. But he's, he likes Avatar. And I like Avatar. But that's a disgrace to Avatar's name. <laughs> Fucking bad. Jesus Christ, that is an absolute stinker. Bloody hell. I didn't think anyone would come up with like a proper, proper honger. But Jesus Christ. What about yourself, Lewis? You're from the Xbox ecosystem, so you used to shit games. What a... <laughs> Speaking of a shit Xbox game, fucking Redfall oh, no. can kiss my fucking <laughs> ass. Yeah, what an awful fucking game. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, seriously, like, oh my god. Arcane, <laughs> like, you had such a great pedigree and you just shat all over it. What the fuck is this piece of trash? I'm sorry. It's one of the worst games I've ever played. And it made me, it. It made me ashamed to be an Xbox owner. It, it, like, I was fucking embarrassed <laughs> by this fucking game. You guys would just be like, Ha! Ah, you got shit games! I'm like, yeah, Redfall was fucking shit. <laughs> I get it. And it's like, <laughs> like, what have you done? Like, you, like completely... I'm like... I remember being on this podcast like last year, like going, "Oh, you know, there's some good games coming out next year." That Redfall's made by Arcade. Arcade never missed. Arcade are fucking uh. great. And then it came out, and it was a fucking turd. 
And I fucking hate <laughs> I, 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 The second you said, what's the worst game you played this year? I'm like, Redfall. Like, fucking, no, you didn't even have to fucking think about it. Fuck that game. <laughs> Fuck you, Arcane. How can you, how dare you, can you make a Dishonored game and then go, ooh, let's have a co-op vampire game and, and then still make a fucking shit game. How? How would you turn Dishonored into a, a co-op Dishonored vampire game into a shit game? How is it possible? Oh, no, I'm done. I hate that even more than Mary it's Jane's class. Spider-Man 2. I swear to God. So they can fucking kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Arcane. Oh if, they, if they want to close down, they can fucking close down. <laughs> worse than Fire. Fucking Firewall, wherever it is. Oh, fuck they're doing Blade. They're doing Blade. Yeah, they're doing Blade. No, that's Arcane Leon. Vampire that's Arcane game. Leon. That's the good Arcane. That's the good Arcane. The ba- like Arcane Texas or oh, Austin. Fuck you. Arcane Austin, you fucking suck. <laughs> Get out of the system. Go PlayStation. PlayStation, do you want them? We'll sell them for fucking uh, cheap. Have them. We don't fucking want them. <laughs> fucking red. We'll swap, we'll swap them with Media Molecule, I reckon, mate. No, we won't. Oh, oh I'll take yeah, it. We'll do a trade. I'll take it. At least they put deal. games out, Sold. bro. I don't Shit want <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Fucking sold. Oh, mate. I, I... <laughs> This exactly what this section was all about. It's all about having a bit of therapy for something that just really pissed you off this year. And so I'm glad you're able to get that off your chest, mate. And this is a good place. Like, I completely forgot about Redfall. Not gonna lie. I keep forgetting that game even came. Forgettable out. game, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just forget just about to call it. it a game. Yeah. Oh, I, I wish I could fucking forget it. Jesus. <laughs> Play no ass cutscenes. <laughs> fucking no game. I've had people coming out of the network I've not spoken to in months or years. I had a friend who I haven't spoken to in years. He was a PlayStation fan. It's like huh, Redfall shit, mate. I'm like. I haven't even fucking spoke to you in years. What the fuck are you messaging me about that for, you <laughs> asshole? Came out just as shit. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, man. Oh, oh man. yeah. And it was like, after Forspoken came out, we are like, oh, Forspoken's probably the worst game that's coming out this year. And then Redfall somehow fucking beat it. How the fuck? <laughs> shit, Like, no. seriously. It's Forspoken this year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. But yeah, I... <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm done ranting. You can, I'm, I'm yeah. Well, mate, I, I'm I'm glad that was therapeutic for you. I really am. What about yourself, Mister Hoy? What game do you want to dunk on? Well, before I do a slam dunk, I think we should create a new section to our podcast where we just bring Lewis in, and he can just get out his frustrations. He can fucking say whatever he fucking wants about whatever fucking game he wants to talk <laughs> about and just get it out there. It'd be brilliant for the podcast. Great way to end it. We'll always end on a sour note and it should be Lewis just balling <laughs> at a game over an Xbox. It'd be brilliant. Absolutely love that, Lewis. Thank you, know you very much. You know what grinds my gears? Around you and see that live. See that happening live. Incredible stuff. Um, but for me, uh, my dunk, Spencer, I am going to do it for you. I'm going to reach up high. I'm going to come down low. And then I'm going to slam dunk it on Exo Primal because, my God, the time we spent with that. And we tried. We honestly tried with this game. We thought, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll jump in. We'll have a, have a bit of a, 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 bit of a, a, a slug through this game, didn't we, Davey? And we thought, you know what, we'll go back to Spencer, we'll tell him a little porky pie that this game is the best thing since light spread. No, you saw straight through those lies because this was a steaming 
pile of turds. This was absolutely pointless game, wasn't it, really? Like, the, it was just a mad concept that didn't really gel together. It was kind of like, let's kind of copy Overwatch, but put dinosaurs from the sky, and <laughs> oh, I don't know what was happening. And ultimately, the balancing when we played it, of course, really early on, I think we jumped in with the beta, didn't we, David? Yeah, we did, yeah. It was all over the place. We found one character who was just completely overpowered. You just press one button and press forwards, and you just completed it, and you rank top. And yeah there was just no real thought into it but i hope it has improved i really do but i'm not going back it's already scarred me too much i wanted to mention that one of my favorite moments in xbox and box history was when i gave uh, i showed davy the fantasy critic league and he was like you gave us exo fucking primal <laughs> you just fucking lost your mind because i put exo primal in your fantasy team <laughs> it was like it just always and it just cracks me up every time i fucking watch that you're so pissed off but hey i had redfall so whatever <laughs> oh i, I take exo primal phil you are right it was absolutely just abysmal it was just it, it just does not deserve to exist and it just shows that we can't say and the worst thing about it what really fucks me off for exo primal is that we can't say capcom don't miss Oh, they miss. because everyone we always got a caveat with uh, it's so primal yeah like we got a caveat every single time because it's just such a, a steaming pot just total shit it's so bad no it's, they gotta get it out their system they did it with re6 and now they've done it again with exo primal and now the next few games bangers i hope so and then eventually when that space game i always forget what it's called comes out pragmata pragmata if that comes out four games online, it's going to be bad. If it comes out three <laughs> games online, it'll be great. That's the thing. It's like every sixth game is a pile of wank. So we just got to hope, hope it comes out at the right time. We, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to really start digging into the past history and seeing their uploads. Yeah, and then you could be like, oh god, okay, is there a pattern here? You know, for every RE one, you get an RE six. You know, and it just exactly. it continues to build like that. It it. Do you know what? It's terrible. It's terrible. It's fucking awful. And I was having it close to my worst game of 2023. I gotta give it to Firewall. <laughs> I gotta give it to Firewall. At least Exoprimal fucking works. <laughs> At least it works. At least it's getting content. At least the studio's still alive, right? There's. I recently did a video on, I, I think it was the state of like uh, Catcom's multiplayer, right? And I looked at the, the numbers. There's like... a like a few hundred people still playing. I think it's like 200 people. Oh, it's big. Still playing Exo Primal, right? Well done. <laughs> There's not that playing fucking Firewall. I'll tell you what, we went back to Firewall though and it was decent. It it worked. Well, yeah, it worked. Have we gone back? No, obviously not. I would rather go back to Exo Primal than I would for this. Because at least for Exo Primal, it's mindless, right? And it works. That's fair. We're, and I know that, oh, I can get a Mecha fucking Chun-Li or Mecha Ryu mech that I can get in and out of. Nice. I'm never going back to Firewall Ultra ever in my life. <laughs> ne never. It's never getting... If I could hide the fact I've purchased it, I would. It's you can hide it off your trophy list. Or not your trophy list. You can hide it off your game library. Oh, if I could just somehow go in and men in black that entire experience out of my body, I would fucking do it. That, that game is abysmal. And it's so bad the studio has shut down. That's true. It's also, we we did shit on it earlier. There's one thing you forgot to say earlier, which we've talked about in the past. If you aim at someone, it misses. <laughs> 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 if you aim, the bullet goes to the right. 
It, the aim doesn't work. It's a shooting game. And you can't <laughs> reload your guns, and the aim doesn't work. Yeah, you put the gun up, I mean, so you, you hold it. You have to press a button to hold it in a specific way, other than you just holding it in a specific way. And uh, and then when you aim it to your eye, it <laughs> starts tilting. Do you remember? I said I said on the show, I want to when I booted the up, I want to shoot myself, but I missed. <laughs> I swear, it's such. It's, yeah, to be fair, you're right, mate. It's an awful fucking game. Fuck me. I didn't see it coming as well. I forgot. I keep forgetting about it. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's fucking awful. I'd rather play Redfall than it, mate. Honest to God. Oh, I don't know about that, man. And I was going to say, it might be, it could be worse because they're literally fucking supporting Redfall for like the next five years. Just let it fucking die. <laughs> fucking hell. I wish it was dead. Fucking hell. Just let it go. You started him again. Why are you trying to fix it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd rather be in fire. Yeah. I'd rather Jeez, the man. company fucking close down. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think with that sour note ending, which is always the best way to end a podcast all about Game of the Year, I think it's time for us to end this show. It's been an absolute pleasure to be with you all. I loved hearing your lists. It's been an amazing year we've had for the podcast. I just want to thank everybody for all the support that we've had. Uh, and I love hearing out, you know, from you guys every two weeks when I reach out on Twitter and say, you know, post your questions, get new people come in and answer. So just remember to go on and just, if you want to take control of the show, if you want to have something to say, write in to the email, psvtrust.gmail.com or reach out to us on any of the socials, which are all in the episode descriptions. I've been Davey. I've been Phil. I've been Spencer. And I'm also here. Lewis, it's always a pleasure to podcast with you. If you want to support Lewis, then the links will be in the description of the show. Go on in there, check them out. And of course, listen to our sister show over on X Marks the Box for all your Xbox gaming news. And you do see myself and Phil pop up in there occasionally as well, which is always a good little time. It's been a pleasure, guys. Uh, on to episode 83 next week. We're doing a double feature. So we will see you back here in a week's time. Thank you ever so much. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya. Peace. In PS We Trust is hosted by Davey, Phil, and Spencer. You can write into the show via our email, pswetrust at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at inpswetrust. To find each of us online, follow our Twitters at ssjdavey, at philiphoy, at spenpie underscore. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya.